the White House, President Eisenhower signs the proclamation that makes Alaska's entry into the Union official, nearly 92 years after Lincoln's Secretary of State bought the territory from the Russian Tsar for $7 million. The Alaska Wild Project podcast is brought to you by the following sponsors. Barney Sports Chalet, supplying hunters with the best hand-selected gear since 1963. The exclusive home of Frontier Gear, built for the rugged Alaskan terrain. Your one-stop shop for all your outdoor needs. Visit Barney's today at 906 West Northern Lights. Arbor Digital, the forefront of digital assets, cryptocurrencies, and wealth management, providing a low-cost, research-based investment strategy for Alaskans looking to invest their hard-earned money. Visit acminc.com today to put your money to work. Tailored Restoration 24-Hour Emergency Home Services, helping Alaskans restore their dreams since 1972. Services include fire, water, mold, post-emergency cleaning, repair, and remodeling. Give them a call in Anchorage, Eagle River, Matsu, or Fairbanks. Hit them up at tailoredrestorationalaska.com. Total Truck and Alaska Overlander, Alaska's premier supplier for custom automotive accessories and overlanding products, providing all-inclusive rental vehicles and trailers custom outfitted to explore the Alaskan backcountry with a unique and convenient traveling experience. Serrano's Mexican Grill, two locations, one on Tudor, one on Northern Lights. The Northern Lights location has their new tequila bar. Check it out. Also see their daily specials at serranosmexicangrill.com. TheTreehouseAK.com, located at 341 Boniface Parkway, Alaska's own and grown cannabis and CBD store. Ask the bud tender what the strain of the day is to get your 10% off. The Treehouse, where the culture lives. The Connoisseur Lounge, Alaska's premier locally owned and operated cannabis retailer. Located in the heart of Palmer, Alaska, their cultivated products include Snowcap Romance, Aurora Haze, Superglue, and much more. Find them at theconnoisseurlounge.net. AKO Farms, located in Sitka, Alaska, built from the ground up with concentrates as their single motivation, with exclusive products such as their sugar wax, full-spectrum diamond sauce cards, and more. Ask your local bud tender about AKO. Marijuana has intoxicating effects that may be habit-forming and addictive. Marijuana impairs concentration, coordination, and judgment. Do not operate a vehicle or machinery under the influence. There are health risks associated with consumption of marijuana. For the use of only by adults 21 and older, keep out of the reach of children, and marijuana should not be used by women who are pregnant or breastfeeding. The Bait Shack, located on Ship Creek upstream of the bridge. Can't miss the bright red shack. They're the go-to fishing gear rental and guide service on Ship Creek tight lines and fish on come hook into the action with them hit them up at thebaitshackak.com anchor town dogs located on fourth avenue across from the old fourth avenue theater look for the blue and gold umbrella from reindeer dogs to bomb euros they've got you covered anchor town dogs your local gourmet hot dog and sausage cart Crude Magazine, Alaska-based media outlet using the last frontier as a springboard to discover larger truths about the cultures of our great state. Read more at crudemag.com. Lawn Pro AK, Alaska's year-round professional property maintenance team. Services include snow and ice management, weekly lawn care, and more. Get your free estimate today at lawnproak.com. Double Shovel Cider Company, located off of Arctic and 58th, handcrafted Alaskan-made colonial ciders. They also have a tap room downtown on the corner of 5th and E. Stop by today and taste an award-winning cider. 
Lady with a Plan, your own Alaska event planner. From scouting the perfect location to planning the tiniest details, specializing in event management and production for intimate social gatherings. Find Lady with a Plan on Instagram. We're live, boys. We're live. There you go. Uh, welcome to Alaska Wild Project, episode number 65. Ooh, the caribou call. Forgot yeah, man, I was like, what are you doing oh, over there, dude? Man, too much sun. Already can, complaining about the heat. I can tell Brad and Dave do not listen. No, they weren't ready for the caribou call. Mm-mm. Okay. Yeah, Have you ever heard of a caribou call? No, but I need to now. <laughs> um, Apparently, as, it does call in caribou. It does. It does. It does. Uh, so you know how the little white flag thing works? Mm-hmm. And so it does when you open up a cider. Okay. It brings them right in. <laughs> you want to bring that a little bit closer. You want to be about uh, three inches. And this thing will go anywhere you want it to go. So right. don't feel like you got to lean forward. And it will hang up in that luscious beard, so Good be careful. Deal. <laughs> <laughs> that is a luscious beard, isn't it? Yeah. I'm I appreciate like, it, man. I'm kind of jealous, man. He's got like the full this was length on that thing. It was like my only retirement gift to myself when I left the military. It was like, now I don't have to shave every single day of my adult life. So I'm not going to throw the razor away. It was immediate. Yeah. Is that like common? I mean, because I see lots of retired or ex-military dudes with bodacious beards. You know how it is, man. Anytime somebody tells you you can't do something, yeah. it was just like the, yeah, like the you trip, got long right? hair too. Right. You're like letting it rip. Yeah, dude. Scissors gone. There's not a pair in the house. <laughs> Razors are gone. I mean, just get rid of all of it. Nice. Yeah. Don't need to do that shit no more. Right. <laughs> Unless somebody told me that I, you know, if they said you can't shave, I would probably have no hair on my body tomorrow. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's full wax. Mm. You want to see something? Mm. <laughs> Brad, you were going to say something. What were you going to? I was just going to ask him if he uh, uses the Just for Men to get that salt and pepper look Dude, in there. Dude, the, the touch of gray? Yeah. No, it's all natural. That's all natural. All you natural. can tell, man. Yeah. You can tell. I have three daughters, so <laughs> hey, I man, earned every gray hair. Yeah. Nice, wow. man. How old are your kids? So uh, the joke in the house is that we had one per duty station, so I have a, <laughs> I have a freshman at UAA. And oh, wow. Yeah, that's my oldest. And then our middle daughter is just about to finish up fifth grade. Okay. And then our youngest one will be in kindergarten next year. So. Oh, okay. It's mm. so quite a gap there between the Damn. first and... Yeah. All right. So, like, some of them... It depends on what date it is. Some mm. of them make you old. Some of them keep you young at heart. So, sure. Yeah. Yeah, that's absolutely right. No breaks. No breaks. Man, I'd, so I think the first guest that we've had that was able to match me in daughter number. Yeah. Yeah. Girl like, dad? Uh, girl dad, yeah. Girl dad. Three of them, too, yeah. Nice. Right on, man. Cool. How old are yours? Share, share a pain. Uh, thir- <laughs> Thirteen... Almost 14, so 13, 8, and 3. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, kind of a little spread there between the oldest and the two young ones. Yeah, everything. Yeah, dude, it's... This weekend, they made me feel old. That's for sure. <laughs> it's been a rat race with them, man. Yeah. <laughs> but I love every minute of it. Good deal. Yeah. Yeah, being a dad of girls is like... Uh it's interesting because it, I think it really kind of pushes you to think about things completely different, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Um, you know, a lot of my friends that have little boys and it's kind of, it's like a different thing. They, they like pick up information differently. You talk yep. to them different and, you know, mm-hmm. girls just like you to stop, slow down, like really yep. think about what you're doing. And yeah, that's a great point. Yeah. Boys are like zero to a hundred and girls like to like think about it and ease into that and, you know, For compartmentalize sure. a little bit more and, yeah. you know, 
Boys are just like, I'm not even gonna think. I'm just going in. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, and then like, uh, think about it later, right? But then what they see you do too, because all those little boys want to grow up and be like their dad, right? Yeah. So you're modeling a behavior of like what you want, you know, your you know your son to turn out as, and then little girls are gonna probably go looking for someone like their dad. So like you're you're really intentional about your behavior, you know, like that's a great. I point. need to be hmm. the dude that. I want my daughter to invite over to dinner someday. So yeah, yeah, it's it's weird. Yeah. And I'm starting to think about like, so my daughter had her first, has her first boyfriend who I guess he's like moving away here in a little bit. So it's not, it's a short thing. Uh There will be others. I'm sure. There'll be tears too. I'm sure. Yeah. I asked her that. I said, are you going to be busted up about that? She's like, I'll get over it. It's like, that was a really (laughs) good answer. (laughs) (laughs) Kind of like that was easy. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, so I, I guess he doesn't really like wasn't too excited about meeting me. So <laughs> I'm like, well, that's cool, man. Whatever, you know. And um, yeah, I'm I'm just thinking about like what what a, a a kid will think of me when he meets me. So I'm like I'm like you know I'm like am I insecure about this right now? <laughs> 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 like am I gonna act like myself? Or am I gonna act like this dude that I'm not? Like yeah. you know? And I'm like I'll just be myself. And definitely would never want to scare a kid or any of that. You know, there's my shotgun, boy. I shine it up every night. You know all that stupid <laughs> shit. But <laughs> no, that's real, man. Because I thought about the same thing. Like you want to be like you don't want to seem like somebody that uh, you know is a pushover. Yeah. You know, but at the same time, you want to be approachable enough to, you could actually get to know somebody that's going to spend time around your kids. Yeah. So it's like this weird nuanced balance of like, you know, how do I interact with somebody else's kid? You know, sure. Think about like, well, how were they raised? What was their environment like? I mean, it's totally a lot of stuff going on there for sure. A lot of dynamics to uh, dissect. Yeah. I'm glad I got boys. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It's going to be a challenge for sure. My youngest just comes home. He just gives the. He's eight, and he's already come home with, like, three phone numbers from girls. He's like, here, Mom, I don't know what to do with this. I don't even have a phone. (laughs) Is he like, hey, my guy, I got another number. (laughs) Yeah, my guy. Yeah, he started calling me my guy. Just put that in the Rolodex. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. Save that for later. Got another one, Poppy. (laughs) Yeah, he'll get invited to, like, all the girls' birthday party. He'll be the only boy. It's just funny. Well, yep. Could be a problem coming up. Yeah, uh, we have Dave May and Brad Hurd here from uh, BHA Backcountry Hunters and Anglers of Alaska. Um, as I was doing a bunch of research, um, I realized that every single state except two have a chapter. Have a chapter, right? Is that correct? It is. Yeah. Was it Delaware and Hawaii? Last I looked. Yeah, and I think that both of those are like in the works. I think. Yeah. Yeah. Really. So. Well, Delaware is tiny. Right. Hawaii is tiny, but spread. But the land in Hawaii is tough because there's not like tons of public land. When, when you look at the user base, right, and being right. a public land advocacy group, there has to be, you know, something to advocate for. So, yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. I was just talking to a, um, a fishing guide. I was down in Maui in February or March. March. Um, avid hunter. Um, basically, his deal is he gets permission to hunt an area and uh he said the public access areas are really tough tons of competition a lot of not so generous cordial uh, interactions with other hunters apparently um they do deer and pigs but 
um, you know, he's kind of got that in. And so he made it sound like that's what it had to be to hunt good areas and, you know, get a good harvest. And the whole thing is to kind of have like that guy, I know a guy, or he lets me on his land. Or I think it's kind of common, like in lots of areas in the country with farms and things of that nature. But um, yeah, I kind of thought it was a little bit different. I, cause I wonder, I was like, man, could you just like drive down the road and find some public land, throw a pack and a gun and like go in and do it? He's like, yeah, it's not that easy. So no, I would have thought different. Yeah, for sure. Um, and you're spot on too with like you get like I lived in the Midwest for a long time. Mm-hmm. And it is the same thing. I mean, sure, there's public land, but the competition is so high, and you know you just kind of get driven further and further away. And you know, and that's what BHA is kind of founded around, just making people aware of what is there because a lot of it gets overlooked too, and that's a huge sure. thing. If mm-hmm. it gets overlooked and it doesn't get used, if it doesn't get used, then it doesn't have value because the value is like intrinsically linked to the user group specifically. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, you know, so, you know, advocating for public lands through making, you know, making people aware of what's out there and what your resources are. Is, that's a huge part of what BHA does. Yeah. yeah. It was, um, I just saw an online article or whatever about those guys. Um, I guess they didn't get prosecuted. They went like corner to corner or something like that. Oh, the corner hopping deal. Yeah, the mm-hmm. corner hopping deal, and that they, that the, the judge let them go. That it was all good. Do you know much about that story? I don't know as much about the story as I understand the concept of corner hopping and kind of like like how big of a problem that is when you get into like the, um, you know, like the like the the east side of the Rocky Mountain West, you know, so looking at Wyoming, Montana, you know, places like that where everything is checkerboarded. You know, that stuff is checkerboarded because of how it was divvied up as the railroad system was put into mm-hmm. place, um, you know, to bring investors in and different things like that. So, um, yeah, like I have buddies in Montana that, you know, they, they're constantly calling me like, dude, you don't know how good you have it up there, man. Like it sucks down here. All the elk are in that field or in that section of whatever. I'm on BLM looking at elk on BLM and I can't get to them. You know, it's crazy. That's got a sting. For sure. Yeah. Especially when there's like a bona fide shooter over there and you just, you're helpless. It's funny now because when I look at doing, when I look at leaving Alaska to go hunt in lower 48, I'm looking at stuff that's like in your face, public land stuff. So I had a trip and COVID kind of blew a hole in this one to the Durfee Hills area. I don't know if you guys are familiar with that. Mm-hmm. But Durfee Hills. I've, f- I've read that in the um, Eastman's. Yeah. What's that? Um, the Eastman's hunting journal. Not, not the journal, but they do like an annual. Oh, when they do like their blue, blue probability chip. odds. Yeah, and, like they do that like blue, yellow, green mm-hmm. chip like mm-hmm. ranking for like trophy and like they break down these areas. Um it's like a supplement. Yeah, they show, show you the draw odds in each area. Yeah, and, yeah. you spend yeah. like two hundred bucks on this thing and it like breaks it all down for you. Yeah. But interesting stuff. I didn't realize what all went into all that yeah. point system and all that stuff. It's wild. Yeah, it turned me off, dude. For sure. I was like, what the hell, man? Like you just can't go and throw in a your name in a hat? Yeah. I was like, but anyway, you were talking about your, you're blown up. Oh, so wait, where is that at? Durfee Hills? Yeah. Where is that, that? That's in Montana. In Montana. Okay. okay. Yeah. So, okay. um, essentially what it is, is it's a completely gridlock section of public land, um, <clears throat> that was bought up, uh, you know, by, a, by a family and 
basically cut the access off to it. So it was on a BHA, like high priority list for a long time. Um, but you know, stuff like that is, you know, if people aren't doing it and making a point to do it again, you know, you just kind of, you lose sight and yeah. that bullseye gets smaller and smaller and you get farther away from it. And then people stop aiming at it. And before you know it, no target acquisition, you know? Yeah. That kind of leads me to the, um, I was reading up on the houses act thing. Mm-hmm. Um, do you know much about that? I don't know. Have you heard about that? No. Um, basically they are, um, all this public lands, they're deciding like, Oh, we can build here, you know, because there's no one really using it. And it might yep. be things like that where it's, there's, there's housing all around it, but this is considered public lands. And so they're like, well, we can make money off this, you know? And if people don't speak up for the, for the use of it, then they're just going to like put it up for sale. Yep. Um, so there's like, they're trying to fight that, I guess. And I think yeah. it's called the houses act. Mm. And I don't know if the houses act is like for housing or if it's for, you know, not housing. Yeah. Right. Mm. So the housing act? H- houses, houses, houses act. It's okay. called, I think it's pretty new. I think it's pretty new, but I just was like, as I was re- reading up for the show, I was like, thought maybe you guys didn't know about that yeah no that's an interesting one it's definitely something to take a look at because i haven't seen anything on that um there's uh when you look at the uh the the stuff that like bha is up against this is probably stuff you're gonna get to anyway um but looking at like west who's in access i mean it's kind of the same thing mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. looking at changing statuses to different things and you know making a lot of what happens with uh public lands when they get eradicated is not like a rip of the bandaid, you know, it's this slow progressive process mm. where a status changes to a certain recreational area. And then once that status changes, it doesn't create a full on barrier to access, but it makes it difficult to access stuff. And then you come back to the same thing we were just talking about. When you restrict things, you make it, you know, you make the user group smaller. And then as that user groups, you know, shrinks, so does the, you know, the engagement with that area and mm. the use. And before you know it, you know, he gets to some points where there's not even people that are willing to, you know, to, to put up a fight for it. So, yeah. Well, and then it, it becomes completely, it, it gets completely absorbed <laughs> by some other entity that, that then restricts the access. And then it's like, Ooh, we didn't know how good we had it. Mm-hmm. And now we can't access it. Now it's yeah. too late. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Kind of reminds me of Sad, uh, my, uh, my brother-in-law, he uh, was trying to go to Campbell Lake. And uh, <laughs> I love this. Like, anything Campbell Lake, yes. <laughs> and and he got so mad that he couldn't access the lake, you know, to go out there. Um, and that little access part that they have, I have, I don't know exactly where it's at, but he's like, then there's some old guy like barking at us, so you can't park there, you can't go through the lake because it's like between his house and another guy's house. Mm. But they're like, you know, they're blocking people from using that lake, which is a public lake. But it just reminds me of the topic we're on, where. The, everything is utilized around the the land or the lake and you have no way to access it so you know what he did he went out and made a bunch of bumper stickers and put decolonize d decolonize campbell lake <laughs> so if you see those stickers from my brother-in-law he just he's like i know what i'm gonna do i'm gonna put these and put them in as many subarus i can find and awesome. put it up at bear tooth on the little thing and like everywhere there's a bunch of stickers yeah yeah because all those <laughs> so tell them to like just 
helicopter in there and then do nothing but fly fishing on Campbell Lake for the film festival or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> Watch of visibility. Yeah. That'd well, be good. It's and a it, public it, lake. He's totally yeah. right because there actually is a public access easement to mm-hmm. get to that yep. lake, but the the it it was used so infrequently by by the public that, mm-hmm. that you know those who live around it were able to just kind of like spread their elbows you know mm-hmm. and eventually convince people that that's not a public easement anymore yeah. uh and so then when people go there and they're like hey i thought this was a public easement and then they get challenged by the homeowner who says no yeah it's not when it really is like nobody wants to get in legal trouble you know yeah. especially with somebody you know i think we're all under under the understanding that those around campbell lake have a decent amount of money and probably can afford better yep. lawyers than we can. Sure. You know? Yeah. No, so no. like, I don't want to go into a legal challenge with someone who, who lives down there. So it's pretty easy to get turned around. Yeah. Or is a lawyer themselves or. Yeah, 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 yeah. exactly. Well, the confrontation's just so uncomfortable. You know, you're like, yeah. you have this mindset. I'm prepared to go do this activity and it's going to be fun and pure and it's Alaska and it's, and I'm going to get here and you got this scruffy, you know, old man or woman or whoever parking at you, and it's just going to take the wind right out of your sail. Yeah. So now you're going to have this, what, pissing match, and be like, I'm fucking going in there anyway, which you can. Right. And plow in there and just, you know, have the guy watching you with binoculars or just barking at you. I mean, it just takes away from the fun of the public use yeah. of the water, right, or whatever it is. It's like I think you quickly get turned around by the confrontation of dealing with people. Yeah. People are territorial, man. Yep. I mean, you guys, mm-hmm. you guys know it best. Sure. Yeah. I mean, it's, it kind of, that also leads me to, to remind me, I was very, out, um, ice fishing at Sand Lake and this guy, um, there's this really good section that I like to go to and this from one week to the next, the guy like plowed it and put like a hockey rink there. And I'm like, well, I can't put a hole here now. Like these <laughs> kids are going to be skating, but it just got me thinking like, okay, so, he doesn't own the water, you know, it's the right thing to do to not just go punch a hole right there in the middle yeah, of the guy's definitely. lake. But I was like, I probably could, but you want to avoid the confrontation. So you end up just trying to go somewhere else where this guy just like pretty much decided he owns, yeah, you know, 400, whatever feet of the lake. Stake this claim. Yeah. Just stake yeah. this claim. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Dude. And what's weird about stuff like that is that like you have different user groups for public access, right? So then like the thing that like we, we deal with BHA with a lot is like um, the difference between public access for recreation and, and then public access access for hunting and fishing, right? Mm. And then, and there being, there's really not a distinction, uh, uh, like a distinction between the two, but people implying one. Um, but it, you know, it goes to that point. Like if, if the lake is public, it might be inconvenient to have a hockey rink there, right? But it's like it's public for people to like to ice skate just as much as it is people like to ice fish. Yeah. Um, obviously, the, you know, that's maybe not like the best example because at the end of the day, like he left his hockey rink there and you were going to take your ice fishing hut home with you, I'd imagine, yep. right? Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, you're leaving it ready for, you know, that next public land owner to come and, and recreate on the way that they see fit. Yeah. Um, but, you know, we see that a lot, you know, where it's people are like, I, you know, like a, like I'm a hiker and I like to hike and this is a hiking trailhead. Um, so there should just be hikers here. And then you go park 
next to that Subaru and pull out your 12 gauge to go, <laughs> to go to shoot a couple ptarmigan and you're a bad guy. Yeah. Yep. So, you know, well, and, and really like the, the, the ability to advocate for that land to stay public and for everybody to be able to use it is for like both of those user groups to join together yep. and have a louder, bigger, united voice. Um, and a lot of times it's just, becomes you know divisive Divide. mm-hmm. yeah and and, yeah. And, you, and you hit the nail on the head where public means for everyone right um and a yeah. lot of times we i had a um a buddy of ours his um his unfortunately he was out uh cross-country skiing and uh his dog ran off and it got caught in a trap and it was the trap was an illegal spot it was however many yards or feet it was from the main trail or whatever and yeah. so there was a big hoopla about that yep you know, and, and, you know, as I was talking to him and he had the right, I mean, he was upset of course about his dog. Um, but he, he understood that, you know, this is just as much their area the trappers as well as it is, you know, cross country skiing or whatever, whoever's going back wherever they were. But it was a huge, like when you read the comments, when you put it up on Facebook, it was insane amount of comments, like leaning both ways, you know, like, Oh, obviously there's sadness for the dog lost, but you know, people both ways saying, you know, well, he has just as much the right to go out there and and set his traps legally as you do to go cross country skiing or whatever he was doing. Yeah. That one's a tough one too, because it, the times have changed, right? Like the, the number of trappers has gone down and the number of active users in other user groups has gone up and, uh, I, I think that's just, <clears throat> that's a perfect example of, of why things need to progress together out of all the user groups, because that, that complete disconnect and misunderstanding leads to, uh, disasters like that, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. What about, um, like increasing awareness, um, for someone that's new going to hike a trail or, you know, ski a trail or bike a trail, there's, I, I haven't noticed many signs or anything that says, Hey, this is also used for trapping or whatnot or bird hunting or whatever. So like be aware. Um, I, I don't know if that's a solution, but at least someone can be aware like, Hey, keep, I mean, you're supposed to have your dog on a leash anyway on those trails, which is kind of like, you know, yeah. You're out there in the yeah. middle of nowhere. You yep. can let your dog loose. Yep. Right. But you should know, at least there should be some sort of signage or something to say, hey, you know, uh, I mean, these you, things happen. You could you could even argue, regardless of whether you're a hiker just with your dog off leash or if you're bird hunting with your bird dog, you know, it could, mm. it could be the mm. same mm-hmm. scenario. Uh-huh. And I, I fully agree that, you know, having, again, like having some sort of mutual understanding of the area that you're in and the signage I think is fantastic. And it just, it, it's kind of a newer problem, I think, because yeah, uh, of what I, I said before, there's a larger user group using a, an area that traditionally has been used or maybe not traditionally, but for a very long time, historically, has been, it was, historically used else, yeah. was used for something else. And, um, you know, you don't want to demonize one side or the other in any way, shape or form, but like, that's where the communication comes in. It's, yeah, so important. Do they have that on any of the um, like apps, like the all trails or any? Does it designate um, multi-use? I've never seen that specifically on all trails, but I'll tell you, like, uh-huh. if you go to Tarmigan Valley, 
th- that sign exists. Like, okay. Exactly what you're talking oh. about. It shows like a placard for everything. I like that's one, especially because it also shows a Sasquatch on there. Oh, okay. I, I don't, <laughs> so I've, I've never noticed Watch that. Watch out for that guy. Yeah. <laughs> like, and, I, and I didn't know if that meant like you could hunt Sasquatch or you could just hang out with them or like what that implied. But a sighting uh, Imagine finding that guy stuck in a trap. Dude. Yeah. yeah I know. <laughs> Probably leave him in the trap. Yeah. <laughs> but but so the the idea is there just, you know, I think it's a that's a great point making that like a standard everywhere. Yep. Yeah. For First all those main trails that just be aware that, you know, anything could be happening out there. And even for um you know, I, I, we had uh we did a show with um Dustin from the Bait Shack. He does the Jewel Lake Jamboree. Mm-hmm. Um, there for the ice fishing thing, and and we had some of the uh, fishing game people come on. I can't remember her name. Super smart, super Ju- intelligent. Julie? Julie, yeah, maybe Julie. Just seems uh, right. Yeah. Okay. Sorry, Julie. <laughs> That's not your name. They're supposed <laughs> to be coming back, back on, but but I, I you know I asked her the question, and it's kind of the similar deal. Um, my uh, my buddy owns the um, the little snack shack ice cream thing at Westchester Lagoon over there, and. Uh, you know, he he keeps a couple of fishing rods there for his kids, and my kids super into fishing for trout, you know. And obviously there's no salmon fishing there, and that's clearly posted that there's no salmon fishing. But the kids, like, have to hide to, like, try to go fish for trout because they'll just get yelled at, like, right. by people that live there or people that are riding their bikes and just, like, there's no fish. You know, people can't tell if you're fishing for Say, or people that don't know, yep. right? You know that you could do that there, and and she seemed pretty hesitant to uh, confirm that that was okay because they probably don't want it to be like blown up. That hey, well now right. that we're talking to it on the podcast, here, <laughs> a bunch of people down there <laughs> yeah. fishing for trout, cats out of the bag. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> yeah, no fishing there. Well, and I, I'll go. I'll actually use that <clears throat> to go back to the trapping thing, and I think that's that's potentially one reason that even. Um, and I'm speculating completely here, but if I were a trapper, I also potentially wouldn't want signage everywhere to say like, this is a trapping area because mm. that also is limiting my, um, but my potential for trapping the animals that I want to trap. If more, tra- it True. might attract more trappers, you know? Yeah. Yep. So it's, it's very possible that there would be resistance from the trapping side too, just for, we don't like to give up our spots. You know, yeah, no, no way. I didn't think about that. Which is funny because that's like another BHA thing too. That's you know, maybe not a BHA thing, but like a thing that like we, that we deal with. You know, when we talk about uh, advocating for public lands, as you advocate for public lands, you create awareness for public lands. As you create awareness, the user group goes, and then uh, you have competition. So I think, like generally speaking, within you know the heart of like every outdoorsman, like there's this place there that is like no. That public land is mine. Yeah. Um, oh yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? Like, like <laughs> my secret spot for yeah. sure. I peed there. Like yeah. that's my spot. Yep. Um, yep. Uh, Mark my territory. But it's that long range vision. I think that the trapper and in, in, in Brad's scenario has to take, or like you know anybody that that wears the public land brand, whether you're a BHA member, or just like a dude who goes hunting and fishing all the time. You got to look like down the road at do I want there to be people doing this in that spot 50 years from now, a hundred years from now, like, yeah. you know, that we're talking about having daughters. Like, do I want like kid grew up hunting and fishing at my dinner table someday? You know? Yeah, yeah for sure. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, and that kind of uh, brings up the, the recreation river 
um, management plan or, uh, that's the name of it, right? Yeah. Um, but the, uh, you know, that was why it was established because they, like these rivers started getting used, like tourism blew up and all of that, you know, and, uh, the, uh, the, whoever, you know, the entities that be, uh, recognized that like places was, was getting trashed. You know, yeah, and so then this management plan was put into place uh, in '91, I think, yep. and it, uh, it it was purely for that reason. Like, okay, we now have a larger user group. We need to figure out how to keep this place like clean, clean, and yeah, 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 yeah. like not just getting trashed like the Kenai Beach after <laughs> dip netting, you know, <laughs> and uh, oh, shit. and and so it got. That exactly like that stuff with uh, exposing those areas comes an influx of users, which is good, but only if those users actually respect the area and like, mm-hmm. and it's it's shared. <laughs> it, yeah. It's not claimed. Yeah, people look at like social responsibility as like a business virtue, right? I mean, you're you're trying to you know grow a business brand by taking care of you know certain aspects of the environment or people or whatever. But I, you know, I think that there's like definitely an element of social responsibility when it comes to like hunting and fishing, especially for like oh yeah the industry uh, specifically. And a lot of it, what it comes down to, is either education or you know maybe even like lack of education or lack of awareness like of what your actions really mean for an area like the key like the kenai beach like dude like every single year i like dread it i was like about to delete facebook because like <laughs> i don't want to see the dumpster you know overflowing and then and then all the condemning and then and then now you got two people that love the fish right this would be the thing that like ties these people together right and it's but then you have fighting over trash yep. and now we can't agree enough to like, you know, to come up with a solution. So now yeah. the problem remains the focus and the solution never becomes like even it a just point gets of discussion. Washed out. Yep. She's gone. Yeah. That's a great point, man. I never thought of it that way. It's weird. There's no energy spent whatsoever on a collective group to come together with a solution for the clear, obvious problem that we want to fight and point fingers and this fucking guy and that guy. And like, dude, even a crappy solution. Yeah. Just anything on the table is better than everybody just bickering on Facebook over it. Right. Like raise your hand. If you drove a truck to Kenai beach, like raise your hand. If you drove home with the truck bed empty, you know, like like this, this is not a permanent solution, but maybe like maybe, maybe for now, we put our money where our mouth is and we, you know, everybody yeah. put some latex gloves on, man, throw four or five bags of trash in your truck and take it back. Yep. And, you know, you pay the 40 bucks at the, you know, the Anchorage landfill or shoot. I mean, get some kids involved. Let's break this stuff down and separate it and do some recycling. I don't want to get like too far, uh, like, <laughs> like, like too hippie. Yeah. 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 But oh, it, gotcha, I mean, at the end yeah. of the day, like, you know, like, like most of those people, there you go, Brad. Ooh, you even got a juicy one, dude. Yeah. <laughs> Characters nice are coming. Enough. They're on their way. <laughs> you that, uh, you redeemed rhubarb. yourself, sir. You Thank redeemed you. yourself. <laughs> well, I've been noticing a lot Consider more the of um, adults table again. There you go. It's a big boys table. Welcome back, sir. A lot of um, river cleanup days and area cleanup things. And I feel like that's more pertinent and it's more out there now than ever before. Um, we just got hit up the other day from some boys. Um, I don't know if you heard of the young guides podcast. Um, they, they do some stuff and, um, they hit us up for some merch for, you know, they're doing a cleanup of a river down there. And, you know, we're always down to throw down with stuff like that. And it's just, 
and they just had the ship creek clean up down there yeah. and I think all those little weekend, things it was, it was this past weekend mm-hmm. yeah, yeah big yeah, turnout yeah week, yep um so all those little things i i don't know if it's just because i'm looking for it more or it's actually happening more these days than it has in the past well i'd say so if like <clears throat> that's that's great stuff and it's good to see those things happening and if you are like listening to this you're probably in alaska you know most of most of the listeners are in alaska so i just want to brag a little bit on like alaska outdoors people not to the point where if you're listening to this you should feel like there's nothing that you can do or not to lean in but um some i live you know most of my adult life in the lower 48 before moving up here five years ago and BHA does these things called public land packouts, and it's crazy to follow on social media what BHA members are walking in with, like, empty packs and coming out of the woods with. And then we go do one here, and we get 20 members together and go to, like, a highly used uh, public access trailhead in Anchorage and, like, can't fill up two trash bags. Yeah, like, we yeah. So we just had one there. To last week at yeah. McGew, which is like okay. everybody oh, goes to McGew, man, you know, right. people a day, yeah, yeah, all day, yeah. And we at the end of the day, I think there were only maybe seven people picking up trash, but like we were there for two hours and we didn't even fill up two full trash bags. Like it was mm-hmm. most of it was along the highway that was probably in the snowbank, yeah. yeah, you know, along in the ditch or whatever, and that that had melted off since the last person took the initiative to clean it up. So I agree. Like I do think that over in general, a lot of the more popular trailheads are really well taken care of. Yeah, for sure. Um, and it's, it's refreshing to see too. Cause yeah. you expect to go out there and like, dude, this is going to break my heart. By the end of the day, there's going to be like 900 bags of trash. And I mean, I think when we did flat top last year, um, we found like one cache where a bunch of high school kids were probably drinking beer, like hiding <laughs> yeah. from their parents. Yeah, and that was like the like the biggest haul of the day. You know, guilty. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> He's been there for ten years. <laughs> <laughs> you found it. <laughs> yeah, I, I hiked that all the time, and you're right. You never see trash. It's yeah, it's ever it's pretty awesome. Ever, ever. Yeah. I mean, I don't myself bring anything to like eat most of the time. I'm just like running up and down, but yeah, you. I mean, you guys are right. I I guess. I'm so, I don't know if naive is the right word, but I'm like, I didn't even think, like, I, I just assume people don't trash the trails, man. Like, I just, I think that's just like Alaska code. I think so. Yeah. You yeah. just don't, I mean, like, you don't, you just, you don't leave trash anywhere. I mean, yeah, we see it in like the median ditch on the Glen Highway and you see all like, you know, we got the dump over there mm-hmm. in the North Eagle River and it blows around and, but I mean, like, you don't see... All the back trails and um, uh, up in Abbott and all those trail systems, I mean, you just don't see trash. And I use them all the time, but I never thought about how clean they are. I guess I just take it for granted that we're just, people what about, just don't uh, do that shit. What about teepee? Oh. Are you going to talk about surface pooping, man? That's yeah, a different man. Story. It, yeah. Is, it is. Surface pooping? Yeah. <laughs> I've never heard it. That's, uh, that that's in the dictionary. They just don't do it. Yeah, Webster, <laughs> I think, recognized it in 2019. <laughs> I'm, I'm writing that down, man. Surface pooping. Well, I noticed because we do a lot of family trips on the Upper Kenai. And, um, surface pooping. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, you know, I don't know if you guys do much floating up there on the Upper 
Um, but for forever, it was like a free for all on where you can camp. You can camp anywhere. And I want to say like five years ago, they made designated campsites, um, which at first I was like, what is this bullshit? You know, now they have this metal post with like a number on there on this pristine river. That's like, okay, well, you know, that takes away from the nature of slick when you have this post here. Um, and eventually in my mind, I was like, okay, well eventually what is it going to become like every other spot where you got to book it six months in advance on rec.gov in order to get a spot on the Kenai. Like that's crazy. But then you walk into the woods and you just see toilet fucking paper everywhere. And you're like, okay, this is probably the reason why this is leaning and going towards that way so that they can create some sort of better management for that. Just as they have in like the Golcana um, and some of these other uh, scenic scenic rivers where, you know, you have to go in and take everything out. Just like we were talking before, we, we talked on the um, Colorado, Colorado, right? Yeah. Where it's too. like. Great memory. Yeah, you um, got the poop boat. <laughs> yeah, you right? got the poop boat. Oh yeah, you got the poop boat. <laughs> <laughs> Can't yep. forget that, man. Yeah, so poop the surface pooping, man, that's a thing. That's a, that's like what's the solution? It's an unfortunate thing. Well, um I, I mean, don't know that there is one, man. I, I, mean, I mean, I think mean, it's what we talked about actually before we started recording. You know, you're taking these kids out and you're you're taking them into these places they've never gone and you're showing them these opportunities with hiking and hunting and fishing. I'm I'm not exactly sure everything you do with those kids, but one of those places to like seat that foundation is to instill it when somebody's super young and be like, this is okay. This is not okay. You know, it's pretty black and white at the end of the day. Yeah. Um, It just comes down to honestly, uh, I think overall people who really are excited to get outside, but they don't even understand the, the impact that they're having, Mm -hmm. you know? And, uh, and something's, (laughs) Like surface pooping, uh, is is. Can you say that I without mean, chuckling? Is it <laughs> no, possible? No, you can't. You absolutely cannot. I'm just gonna use that as an icebreaker when like things get really tense. <laughs> What's your position? Just, just drop it. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I think that just legitimately being like, okay, have you pooped on top of the ground before? Well, that's not right, uh, and like it's not acceptable. But like here's here's the proper way to do it yeah you know and, and you don't have to have like a trowel and you don't have to carry in the, the army pack of stuff you know you find a stick and you, you get away from the water and you dig a hole and you do your thing and then you bury it yep you know yep and like sure there's there if, if you really want to go by like the leave no trace principles it's a lot more i'm pretty sure they have like an outline of how you poop in the, the back country but like as as long as you are taking those efforts at least you're going yep. to not have it on the surface um to where a whole family goes to set up a tent and it's like ooh, this is a latrine yeah yeah <laughs> you know it's yeah. disgusting yeah good. dude i'll even give like a public service announcement or like a like an incentive so last year i was sheep hunting in the wrangles and i mean it was i had the same experience as most people out there you know there's like very few sheep taking your rifle for a walk, doing a lot of hiking. So we're like yep. looking at rocks day eight or day, day eight or day nine. And, Such uh, a beautiful rock over there. Rock. Yeah. <laughs> Staring at that thing for 12 hours. <laughs> Sheep's going to come out of there. I yep, swear. For sure. You become the manifest one. 
and uh, I wake up early and I go to uh, below surface poop. And I like spend a little bit more oh, time. Oh, hold on, I'm gonna write yeah, that one down below yeah, surface. Movie. Technical term. You could probably, yeah, it's scientific, it really is. BSP. I, BSP. Yeah. I'm not sure what it is in the Latin, but I mean, we find out. You. So, but you know, my my buddy's back up. Like, uh, at the, he's getting his pack ready, and um, I'm preparing you know my you know my my below surface uh delivery system and um i do my business and it obviously takes longer than just finding a place that is level and you know dropping a deuce on the ground and doing your business just walking away for somebody you gotta get comfortable you get the wind it's like (laughs) break a few twigs yeah it's a yeah Yeah. and i got a whole like one pant leg system because i'm not taking all my stuff off but just one pant leg you get all your stuff in front of you one pant leg half as much time so pro tip if you're listening you're like i was going to uh you guys just noticed my head exploded (laughs) (laughs) you only have to take off you take off one boot full explosion so wow you never accidentally poop on your base layers Mm. when you do that okay Okay. so wow so anyway, I'm like, Man, I'm like ten minutes into this shit. into this routine, and I finish up and like looking back, <laughs> and uh, uh, like I'm satisfied with the work that I did, sure. and I turn around, and here comes this wolf down the creek bed, oh. and uh, and I'm like, I've seen no sheep in the last nine days of sheep hunting. You, like this wolf is the enemy. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. So like I tear, and I'm forty feet, fifty feet, like off the creek bed. But probably, you know, if you're doing straight line distance, only like 10 yards out from it. So I kind of like like low crawl out of there and then run back up to the camp. And I get to the camp. I tell my boy, I'm like, dude, there's big wolf in the creek, big wolf in the creek. And he comes running over and like, so this dude's, I won't give too much information, but he's a, <laughs> like he's a career soldier, like dude's a shooter. Um, jumps up on a rock that like has a little tiny, it's just barely sticking out of the ground. It has like a precipice about the size of the top of this can. And he's got both feet on it and just offhand smokes this thing at like 260 yards. Um, but the, so our sheep hunt turned into a sheep conservation hunt. Oh, predator no, management. How yeah. many lambs did we like legitimately? I mean, if you yeah. quantify that, like how many lambs did you save um, by taking that one wolf out? Um, and only because Cat, I took the time too. Yep, moose calves. Yeah, I took the time to, to to poo below the surface instead of just dropping a quick one and rolling out that morning. You so. never would have seen it. That's right. God yeah. bless and you, one, dude. And I yeah. bet you there's a million people um, that you know maybe should email you guys about their like this cool thing happened because I took the time to poop right in the woods. <laughs> so. You know, yeah, I, I have one. I I did a, an appropriate below surface. Defecation oh, BSP. process. I, I commend you for BSP. That. BSP. 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 Yeah. BSP. Is that what we're doing there right now? Yeah, BSP. I, yeah, I think that's official. Surface. You got the BHA boys talking about the BSP. All right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I clipped a, a deer out in Prince William Sound in mid form. Oh. Both pant legs down. Don't know about that one pant leg. Off air, let's get to that detail yeah. later because I'm very intrigued by that. <laughs> kind of need to know what's going on with that. That's a very interesting situation. But, yeah, I mean, I, I, does everybody have, a, like, maybe a, a story, a thing? Like, you know, bear charge meals, taking a shit. Oh, no. You know, like, 
the rod bent down. I had to grab the rod. Like, oh, shit. You know, the service. <laughs> <laughs> Pants are down. Yeah, it yeah, might be more, more common than we're aware of. Dude, I think yeah. so. I mean, everybody's seen the picture. I, I can't remember who did it. It was probably like a Terry Redlin or, you know, one of those, like, famous outdoor artists. You know, the guy's, you know, taking a crap and gigantic buck walks by and his rifle's two trees over. You know? <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, so obviously this is a thing, Yeah, you know? Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, no, that's... That happens. It's good to know. Let's take a quick break real quick to shout out to the, some of the sponsors and we'll come right back. It. Barney Sports Chalet, supplying hunters with the best hand-selected gear since 1963. Barney specializes in supplying hunters with the absolute best Alaskan-proven gear on the market for some of nature's most rugged and demanding terrain. Whether you're headed to the remote volcanic islands of the Alaska Peninsula in search of a brown bear or the shale-infested glacial valleys of the Brooks Range for dull sheep, it is critical you choose the right gear for your dream hunt. Don't miss Barney's exclusive brand, Frontier Gear of Alaska, tested from the high mountains of Tajikistan to the extreme conditions of Alaska. These products were designed for high performance and durability. Frontier Gear was derived from decades of experience hunting big game in Alaska. Paired with other top brands, it provides you the absolute best gear selection anywhere in the world. Stop in at Barney Sports Chalet in Anchorage on Northern Lights or check out their custom website and reference tool at barneysports.com. Arbor Digital, based in Anchorage, Alaska, is your go-to wealth management company. Arbor Digital is at the forefront of digital assets and cryptocurrencies. If you've been looking to invest your hard-earned money or just want to learn more about crypto, blockchain technology, or digital investments, give their website acminc.com a visit. What's great about Arbor is they provide a low-cost, transparent, research-based investment strategy for digital assets and traditional investments as well. ACMINC.com is your first step in putting your money to work. Let one of Arbor's investment professionals walk you through your options for financial growth and security. Start investing for the future today at ACMInc.com. Arbor Digital, your Alaskan digital asset company. Total Truck and Alaska Overlander, Alaska's premier supplier for custom automotive accessories and overlanding products, providing all-inclusive rental vehicles and trailers custom-outfitted to explore the Alaskan backcountry with a unique and convenient traveling experience. At Total Truck, you can find brands such as ARE, RSI Smart Caps, Goose Gear, iCamper, Frontrunner, Rigid Lights, Rhino Linings Bed Liners, and everything you need to outfit your truck or SUV. Alaska Overlander provides 4x4 vehicles and expedition trailers custom modified for Alaskan adventures and outfitted with rooftop tents, fridges, and all the camping and cooking gear you need to start exploring. Visit them at alaskaoverlander.com. What do you got there, buddy? Is that caffeine? Oh, nice. Oh, there you go. Nice. Do they got a little kick? Yeah. You want one? Sure. <laughs> yeah, why not? I've been taking some. Jack always has the Zins. Yeah. I've been I like that. I, I oh, overdosed okay. on those things. Oh, you did? They made me throw up while I was doing yard work. Oh. <laughs> I, can, I, can't do, I can't do too much of it. I can only do a little bit. Yeah, I was just going basically what I'm doing now, but they were like way higher. Yeah. You know, whatever. And it was just. So what is this like one. in like reference to like a, like a, what are those little Chew pouches? Yeah, the Zins, yeah. Yeah, Zins, there's those, like, levels. Yeah, 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 yeah. this is the lowest. Oh, good. Good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Thank you. Give it a shot. Don't don't pass out on this. I was like, oh, guys. (laughs) It's my guilty habit right now. So you used to chew like crazy? Uh, No, you know, (laughs) 
I actually have never really had like a nicotine addiction. This might actually be my nicotine addiction. Probably now, quali- but quanti- qualifies. qualifies? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Um, but when I'm on the river, there's nothing I want more than to have a pack of rolling tobacco. Oh. Really? Like, if you say raft, I'm like I start drooling. Oh. Um, but it's like it's literally like defined to the river. Yeah. Um, and then once I'm off, it's just really not an issue. Yeah. But then I got introduced to these things, and I like I eat them like candy. Wow, <laughs> it's pretty crazy, dude. I, how'd that, that start, man? Like like your first rafting trip, someone was just doing like home rolled cigarettes or cigars or I don't I don't know how it actually got like attached to rafting, but um. I don't know. I was I liked to party when I grew up, and I would have like an American <laughs> spirit here or there, you know. Yeah, right. Uh, um, and uh, yeah, right. Oh, how dare you! And this is on air, so I can't. Um, but I don't know. Just somehow, it it really correlated to just being on the river, and I, it, it. Well, actually, I what I will say is like when you could. I don't know if this is what we should be talking about right now. Um, but when you could it's be a script, yeah, right. <laughs> When when you would when they banned smoking in bars and you had to go outside, yep, that was to me when I like when I came into that world. I think it was already banned before I was yep. old enough to go into bars. But like, uh, it was a moment to step outside and just like get away from yeah. whatever was going on yeah, in get there, some right? Fresh air, yeah. And so now when I'm on the river and I have a cigarette it literally is a moment for me to just like shut up and like stop and be quiet and like mm. look around mm, soak it in sure and soak it in and, okay. and i think that was that just kind of became part of it. Mm-hmm. It, it it was more of the act of doing it but mm. obviously nicotine is very addictive yeah um but for me initially i think it was more the act of just like an, an intentional stepping away and just being like oh this is pretty cool yeah do you guys remember the bar when you can smoke? Yeah, for sure. Oh, yeah. I yeah. don't miss that. No. Oh, no. Dude, not one bit. Stinks so shit, bad. Dude. Your clothes would be done. Airport yep. smoking lounges, like all that stuff. <sighs> yep. Do you remember like, you know, well, you probably, have you messed around with Coots much? I mean, five years Mm-mm. here, Coots is like not what it used to be. Not taking anything away from Coots today. <laughs> Joe Coots is employee-owned deal. Um Morgan sold it to his crew, but I don't know. Fifteen years ago, maybe twenty years ago, um, it was before it got phased completely out. And you come home, and you know you get home from the bar. You just like your clothes are just in a pile over there mm-hmm. next to your bed or in your bedroom. And you get up in the morning to go take a piss, and you'd walk by it, and you just like, <laughs> Ugh. Yeah. you could just smell <laughs> fucking Marlboro Reds. Yeah, oh yeah, and it was like, that I'll never forget, man. Or your like old lady's hair, or your girlfriend for the night. Yeah, that, that was the case. <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> At that time, of course, um, it was just like, ugh. Yep. like I mean, it was just like, what the fuck were we smoking in the bar? Like, yep. I, w- I didn't smoke ever. I'm not a smoker. Never have. But it was just like disgusting. I, I going to a bar now. It's just like all you smell is cologne and 
perfume bo and booze. <laughs> beer not, spilled yeah. beer on the floor. Yeah, yeah. you don't yep. smell the smoke yeah. anymore. No, they don't I, even smoke it in restaurants. I, that was gross too. Oh well, yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, I used to go to a yeah, Chinese yeah. buffet in Biloxi, Mississippi, and uh, it was probably the early two thousands. And uh, you could smoke at like in the buffet restaurant. Yeah, and I used to go with a dude just scooping up your fried rice. But <laughs> dude, there, I mean, there'd be people that would do like an intermission, so they would eat like seven plates of General Tso's chicken and then smoke like eight cigarettes, <laughs> and then go back for the orange chicken. I mean, <laughs> As good funny. as sex, oh. man. Dude, you talk, about the, you talk about the bar thing. Like, I was able to legally drink uh, way before the age of 21, but because – so I enlisted in my senior year of high school and spent my first tour overseas in Europe. Oh, and yeah. Did you go to the bar? Like, like if you had Euro, you could you could buy a drink. It didn't – like, yeah. there was no drinking age. And uh, – but, like, it, in European smoke – on an Olympic level. Like, it's different than oh, yeah. anything that you see here. Hmm. It's crazy. Like, they light a cigarette in the morning and then just jumpstart the next cigarette all the way until siesta, and then they really start smoking at that point um, and just pounding Amstels and Heinekens. And, but, yeah, same thing. You but they ride the bike to work and take a siesta. Yeah. Dude, it's crazy. Right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's how they keep it going. I mean, it's old, old lifestyle. For sure. Trends that... It's like frowned upon. It was just like what you did. What when, when kids start smoking when they're like six or seven years old? Yeah. There? Probably. In some of those areas? You see like super young kids. You know, it's yeah. crazy now because I've seen it change like in military culture. In the So I, I was served for 20 years. Wow. In the beginning, everybody smoked. Like people started smoking because they joined the yeah. military, right? Yep. They were like, yep. dude, everybody else is smoking. I'm going to get beat up. As well. That was my dad. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. So, and now it's almost like, I won't say like you're ostracized, but um, like, it's just not popular. Like I, like, oh, it, okay. so since I retired from active duty, went back to work as a DOD employee, uh, as a civilian. And, you know, I look at these, like you, you these younger military folks, like the, you know, you look outside the window of my building and you might see one or two people in a course of an entire eight hour work day. Yeah. Go out to have a cigarette. It's crazy. Yeah. I'm seeing it Stuff's with alcohol changed. too. Yeah. You know, like there's a lot of just younger people who they just don't drink. Yeah. I don't know what they do. Well, no, we, that, no yeah. that's true. Yeah, You're yeah, right yeah. about that. We yeah. wrecked it. They just yeah. swore they're like, I'm never going to be like those I'm guys. never going to be like <laughs> that. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. That guy's a prick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He drinks too much. <laughs> Bottoms up. More for me. That's right. <laughs> Can I get another crimson mint, please? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think you're right, though. I think Bottoms kids up. are doing, they're, they're healthier. They're just not mm-hmm. into it like mm-hmm. we were. Yeah. No. And, and that comes from a generation. Like I come, my family life. Well, I think my mom's side came from Washington, like in the forties or something. But all my growing up, all my family, mother, mother and father side, everybody drank. And I'm not, and some, some too much. Yeah, actually, most of them too much. <laughs> but it wasn't like too much like it is today it was just normal you worked all day you came home you had your cocktails weekend came you drink all weekend is in growing up you go on camping trips you go down to grandma's house homer everybody's there everybody's got a beer in their hand a cocktail glass of wine it's just normal Mm. so growing up it was like well i guess 
you know, watching everybody smoke, watching everybody drink. That's what you do. Maybe that's phased out because us as parents, I was really kind of like, I was kind of like, I didn't really like my kids seeing a beer in my hand for a while. And then, then I kind of like got away from it. Now, now it's like, it seems like it's pretty normal. Like we go out on camping trips with our kids and our families and we're drinking beers. Yeah. You know, n- nobody's being a lushed out idiot and, you know, <laughs> making an ass of themselves in front of the kids. But, um, you know, how like an uncle Rick personality. Somebody goes full uncle Rick. <laughs> <laughs> Pooping all over the ground. Uh, yeah, full yeah. surface pooper. <laughs> Hold on a second. Let me drop my pant leg. <laughs> uh, no, but I mean, it just, it just, I guess it's just generational shifts in uh, what's like normal to people, what's not. Um, so I certainly would encourage my kids to be drinking. They see us drink, mm. but we're pretty responsible about it, I think, and yeah. You know, we don't go over the over the top, but and I think too maybe parents were just more comfortable with letting it loose and sometimes they drink a little too much and like I mean I saw lots of family members and friends and stuff like spilling over doing the full timber and tipping and helping them to their tent or their camper or whatever they're doing, you know, and but it wasn't like you judged them or anything. You just like Oh, there's, yeah. you know, Uncle John, he's fucking hammered. Like, it's time to go to bed. Help him up to the bedroom there and get him to bed. Yeah, well, with, I think along with social media and the internet and, and you know, all the kids that are oh, raised up on that, um, they just see that healthy lifestyle. It's just in your face now, yeah. you know, and it's something that people want to do, be a part of, and people want to follow, whereas, you know, back then, we didn't have the internet and all we saw was our, you know, our family drinking or smoking or whatever. Whereas now on, you're online and you probably have role models that the kids have like, I want to be like this person who's fit and healthy and all that stuff where we didn't have that. I don't think. Yeah. We had, uh, ads with the Marlboro cowboy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, the whole, like you'd open the magazine. It was like two pages. Dude. With oh, the yeah. cowboy and his donkey. Oh, yeah. And then there's, you know, his cigarette was badass gear on. You were like, fuck. Yeah, like and there was yeah. commerce around it. Like I could save this stuff up, and I could buy stuff. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Camel leather Marlboro jacket, the or like right? the yeah. camel. Yeah, yeah. You, you collected. The, it was like the Monopoly game. You connect yeah. collected the camel points. Camel cash. Camel cash. Yeah, camel yeah, yeah. Cash, dude. Yeah. What about dump truck? So first time <laughs> I met him, this is a old homie. Dump truck. It it I makes can't. sense, but it sounds kind of different right now. Um. Uh, Definite well, surface pooper. <laughs> <laughs> Utter disregard for everything you're supposed to uh, keep coveted in nature. Uh, dump truck, not a bad dude. His name's Brandon, by the way. So yeah. um, he, uh, we went. I met you guys just randomly. You guys called me. I was at the Russian. And you guys had just gotten done a float, and I met you guys at the Kingfisher. For a beer and, and a burger after a fishing trip. I was down there oh, solo. Okay. You guys floated. Well, he was complaining about how the shit got wet. And I was like, oh, man, you don't got a dry bag? You know, I'm thinking, like, man, if you raft, you like, you, you know, you got to put your shit in a dry bag. He's like, no, nah, I got this. And he pulls up the Marlboro <laughs> <laughs> duffel bag. And I'm like, holy shit. 
That's how right. many That's Marlboro right. points or whatever? <laughs> I was like, you still got something of that? And that used to be really popular. Oh, like yeah. you saw uh, out the Marlboro jacket and a T-shirt yeah, sure. and the duffel bag and the hat and. You had the My dad stuff. had one whole side of the garage <laughs> full of cars, paper bags, full of the Marlboro, because he used to smoke Marlboro Reds. Yeah. And he had, because he was saving up for, I don't know what he was saving up for. <laughs> Ferrari. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Marlboro Ferrari. <laughs> yep. Uh, but it blew me away when he busted that out. I was like, holy shit, man. That's right. It wasn't waterproof, that's, No, it is not. <laughs> Those seams are definitely not tight. Those are... <laughs> It's a water-resistant bag, yeah. not waterproof bag. Definitely not waterproof. <laughs> uh, sorry, got off track a little bit there, guys. Pretty, good, right. pretty good tangent, though. It was yeah. fun. Remember All right. Lane. BHA, Alaska. What, um, let's talk a little bit about the history of, of the Alaska. Cha- let's, start, let's start with the history of the beginning of that. Where was the first chapter, maybe? And then, if we know. If not, we can look it up. And then when did it start? I guess let's focus on Alaska. When, sure. did, when did BHA really become its own chapter up here? And um, walk us through that. You know, I don't know the exact year that the chapter in Alaska was established or became a member, but I think that there's probably a few folks that we could probably recognize today that were really like formidable members of that. Um I'm probably going to not say somebody, hopefully somebody doesn't get offended, but, but like the one person for sure would be Barry, right? Barry, like definitely Barry Whitehill. Uh, like he's like the Chuck Norris of oh, shit. raft, like pack rafting and raft hunting in Alaska. Like just, I mean, every time um, this is going to sound like super, like I got a crush on Barry you do. and I might, That's okay. <laughs> um, Full dude, it's wild. <laughs> but like every time like you get around the dude, um, like I would call him, I talked to him like two days ago and, uh, and I mean, being the, you know, the kind nature dude that he is invited me on a, you know, raft hunting trip this fall. But, um, yeah, he just like, he, he knows how, because he's lived like outside of Alaska, but he's lived here for so long. He knows how unique, uh, Alaska is when it comes to public lands. And it's so easy to take what's here for granted. You know, and that resonated with me because I grew up in uh western pennsylvania and allegheny mountains and and we had some game lands but you know they were you know it was competitive like you talked about before and you know it's like you went to the game lands as a last resort because you you know you couldn't get permission on you know somebody's private uh, property right okay you know so th- so then you like you took to the game lands um you know which is what we did uh, you know a lot as kids we were hunting on the hunting on the game lands um but you know, bringing that back to, you know, the Alaska chapter, I mean, there's a lot of people here that are from somewhere else. So when you start yeah. talking about, about uh, to BHA people in Alaska, you're talking to quite a few folks that, um, that understand, you know, like the, like the, like the true to core value of, of what it means to be able to have that much uninhibited wilderness that you can just go and do like, just get weird and just go do whatever it is that you like to do get in touch um, with it. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And just interacting with, with what's out there. Um, and being in a place that makes you feel small, makes you feel vulnerable, makes you feel like you could be a bad dude, 355 days out of the year, but the 10 days you spend sheep hunting, yeah. you just Branch know you you're not that bad of a dude anymore. <laughs> right. I mean, it's, and it, and it, but it's not like in a way that's defeating at all. 
you know, it's a very, it's enlightening. It's it absolutely is it's, it, because it's like that knowledge is power thing, right? When you know, like where your place in the world is, you become more in tune with what it is. You interact mm. with it in a different way. Very uh, true. But then you bring something, you bring a part of that back with you. Um, and then I think it goes into the conversations that you have with people. You start talking about like advocating for public lands. You're doing it like maybe in Anchorage, but like your mind is somewhere else. Your mind is where you were on a caribou hunt, like last fall or the river that you floated over the summer yeah. or the sheep hunt that you were at, you know, in, in August. And so you're, you're, you're having like this, like, you know, this like uh bifold experience where you're, you're engaging with somebody right now, but like you're, your mind is somewhere else. And it's in a place that a lot of people have never been able to experience. Um, so, you know, Barry had that and, uh, you know, and he really, you know, pushed hard to make sure that, uh, that Alaska, which is a place that, um, that, that maybe doesn't need as much help as some other places do to advocate for public lands had a chapter because Barry was able to look at from his experience, he was able to look downrange like we were talking about earlier and, and know that in the future it will. In the future it will need, like, a bunch of dudes sitting around a table making decisions mm. um, before policymakers and investment stakeholders and other, uh, you know, other interested parties made decisions for the people that were actually using those public lands. So, um, yeah, that's – I mean, then it grew from there. Uh, Alaska got its uh, – its, um, uh, chapter coordinator position uh, two years ago two or uh, three yeah yeah so, so i think it's two because it was yeah. early covid yeah yep so 2020 uh early 2020 jacob mannix came on board as the uh chapter coordinator um and has really kind of like helped uh take all the different perspectives because you like alaska is huge right yeah so like yep. the dude in southeast isn't I mean, not saying he doesn't care or, or, or isn't worried about the West Sioux Sitna, uh access road, right? He's probably a little bit more threatened by the stuff in Tongas. Tongas stuff, Tongas, yeah. 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 absolutely. Um, you know, and that dude that really cares about Dillingham probably isn't really looking too much at Anwar. I can't really say that because I think everybody's looking at that. But, yeah. Um, yeah, so. It's almost like a divide and conquer deal yeah. where they have the, their – agents or whatever yeah. representatives in these areas that are looking out for that area <laughs> and you, exactly. probably, you probably saw that too so mm -hmm. like the, the the state subdivided like it's one chapter but it's subdivided yep. into regions that align with like kind of like what fishing game looks at as far as regions that's cool i didn't know that yeah so like yeah. they could you know these smaller groups of people could really kind of focus on like how do we how do we like punch something in the face like w when it needs face punched in it, <laughs> it's if you Sock don't do bottom. that you're i mean you're just you know you're just cleaning shots off yeah you know, somebody's you know outside shoulder and that's not gonna that's not gonna get anybody anywhere so yeah is there someone on the um campbell lake team it's <laughs> <laughs> gonna be south central yeah yeah yeah, yeah. oh man i've got the guy for you nick you know we actually have thrown that one around like should we get involved with that one should we not like they're the, the interesting thing I think that Dave brought up is it's not that, obviously, people who are born and raised, I assume you both were born and raised up here? Not born, but raised. Raised, yeah, yeah. 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 I, I am. It's not that folks who are born and raised up here don't care, right? Um, it's just, I think, what, what Dave brought up about people coming up from those areas where it was more of an, uh, a hot topic, more of an issue. Um, 
made it a little bit more urgent um, that something like Campbell Lake uh, should be more alarming than it is. Um, And and Campbell Lake is what? It's tiny. It's tiny. It's tiny. It's It's like a pond. Um, (laughs) But like, so I'm going to get off topic, or not off topic, but I'm going to go another direction for a second. So actually we had a discussion a few months ago about kind of like, the the whole like hey public lands like they're so great but they're threatened up here isn't it doesn't resonate yeah because we have so much mm. you know like we have so much public land that isn't actually under threat so how do we kind of like flip that narrative and and make it more like a celebration of like we have so much public land you know what i mean and and make it more of like a, a point of pride yeah. Of like, I'm not going to let that asshole come in and like, you know, throw his money around or whatever it is and cut off the access to the things that I love to do Yeah. Um, versus it being like, oh shit, this is a threat now. Yeah. Like and a now, proactive now, versus reactive. Ex- exactly. Right. Yeah. And it's tough because like legitimately, I think the the full force comes out when you're being reactive. Yeah. Right. Proactive yeah. is Back like put like. Yeah, 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 exactly. You know, you, now you're getting defensive. Well, that's the thing. You become irrational in a lot of situations. And, and what you look like is somebody that is – BHA prides itself on being a science-based conservation public land advocacy group. And when you react because of an emotional position, yep. you almost erode a little bit of, like, the what brings – like what brings real value to what we do, which yeah, is core values of what it's all about. You can align like, like I can show you why this is a bad idea. It's not a bad idea because it hurts my feelings and it makes me mad. It's a bad idea because it's bad for the land. It's bad for the wildlife and it's bad for the people that yeah. use it. Um, mm. Yeah. 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 I mean, are you, uh, it, uh, was it BC, the, the big predator hunting thing a few years, uh, last year, maybe yeah. last year or two years ago. Um, they, they put up some restrictions with, predator hunting down there and it was purely based off of emotion yep. you know there was it was not a science-based decision yeah, no and they closed down went into it yeah they closed down predator hunting to either all of bc or at least some some part of bc and and that actually bc is the only to my knowledge the only canadian bha they they have a bha chapter in in oh, bc really? as well oh okay um and they you know they they fought against it and they fought against it because we're purely science-based it's like we trust the scientists <laughs> uh how many times have you heard that in the last two years like trust the science yeah. you know and um and it's tough because it is it is emotional and uh and it's tough to to think about that you know your teddy bear getting killed right right but yeah. like at the same time you you have to take into consideration. I think you know. I saw on on Facebook the other day, like somebody was out there who obviously is a very very knowledgeable um, hunter in Prince William Sound, and they're like, "This is the most bears I've ever seen out here." And to to someone who's not really privy to all of this, they're gonna be like, "Well, leave them alone," you know. And it's like, but what about you know the deer, you yeah. know, and what about the goats and the, those sorts of things that aren't necessarily like it's easy to think everything just lives in harmony Mm -hmm. and sure in the grand scheme of things that i guess you could call harmony 
there's nature that takes place yeah. and there's phases and cycles. But like when it comes down to something like predator hunting, we can help uh, manage those things. Yeah. Um, and, and and not in a way that is greedy or um, evil or whatever you want to call it, but legitimately it's it's in an effort to just like keep a balance. Yep. And I think that's the biggest pushback that maybe not the biggest pushback that BHA gets, but we hear that a lot too. Like, well, you guys only care because you want to go hunting and fishing. Right. Well, you're damn right. I mean, but again, it comes back to that maintaining a user group because that user group gives value to what we're trying to protect. Right. Yep. Have you ever seen something that was so valuable that nobody wanted it around or wanted to like use it or have it that doesn't exist because it's gone. If, if, if at some point something lost its value to the people that, um, you know, that that sought after it, it just you know became a non focal point at that you know at that juncture. So, uh, you know, I think that that's like something that we have to not remind people of, but just kind of keep in the forefront of people's thoughts. Like, like go and like if there's a public place that you enjoy and that you love and that you like and you want to be there for a long time, go support it for the things that you like doing, and don't worry about why the person next to you is supporting the same thing that you are. Um, for a different reason, it's yeah. a di- that's a distraction, mm-hmm. reason. and and yep. and that's what other that's what outside entities are going to use to distract you and like defy like uh, create divide. the divide between yeah. people. Absolutely, and then then the resource is gone. Right, absolutely, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, people look at like um, the I'm going to talk about is it a controversial maybe type thing, but Land talked about it on CBS, so I think we can talk about it here. Is the backpacking excise tax? Uh, people are trying to make that a divisive thing, make that like a divide. And it's really not, you know, I don't think that, I don't think it has to be negative to, to say that, you know, we already know through Pittman Robertson, Dangle Johnson act that like there's an excise tax on tax on things that get bought for the purpose of recreating in the capacity of hunting, fishing, shooting sports. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think it's like unrealistic or, in the face of anybody who doesn't do those things, but also buys outdoor equipment and gear. I mean, that's, I mean, so what's, what, are, what are they trying to do? So I'm trying to like impose a tax on like a more broad user group oh. of outdoor enthusiasts. So God, not, instead of just the, uh, not just ammunition. Pinpointing one thing. Yeah. Right. Oh. yeah. Okay. Spread it out. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but, but, you know, but like people creep in, they're like, oh, look, the hunters are trying to make you guys pay to go hiking. That's not it. We're asking, yeah. we're like, I just need to help out. It's do two, your part. Yeah. As well. Two groups saying, hey, let's work together. It's like yeah. picking up trash. Look, look how effective yes. what we're, look how effective what we're doing is working. Imagine if it was double or triple or quadruple. There's more people out there walking around than this. there are walking around with a rifle. I mean, yeah, yeah. yeah absolutely. Yeah. So if you want this trailhead to be here 100 years from now, like, pay an extra five percent for your backpack be from part of the solution absolutely yeah yeah well that, i never thought about that i mean yeah. actually i didn't i you know hunting and fishing my whole life i didn't i didn't even know about the Pittman robertson and the other thing until like last year yeah yeah i, I think uh-huh. that that info is not readily available or a lot of people don't even know that sure um but it makes a hundred percent sense to spread out the weight um, to everyone else's that's using that areas, whether it's backpack hunters or you know cross country skiers or bikers or whoever, like we all are doing it for the same reason. Yeah, and I think we're gonna get there too because like I'm starting to see more of uh, 
more people that represent like an amalgam of those things rather than just one thing. I think that in, in maybe it was where I grew up or the time frame that I grew up, but like you had to identify, right? So you like, you were a hunter, right? So if you hunted, that means you also couldn't do things like can be a mountain biker too. Cause mountain bikers don't want you getting off the trail and like crushing a flower, you know, or, yeah. you know, hikers didn't want you doing a certain thing. You know, if you were, if you were like, hiking to an Alpine Lake, you were doing something like wholesome. If you were just, you didn't care how you got to that Alpine Lake, but you just wanted to, to like throw a hopper dropper rig into it and catch trout. Like that was a, like a different thing and a different experience. And that was less wholesome. Like, so it was like somehow mm. downgraded yeah. in like the, like the overall matrix of like what is good for the, uh, you know, for the, for the ecosystem. So, um, you're starting to see now more like of these blending of these different groups of people. And I think it's like, it's like get excited. See guys out there with like a bow scabbard on the back of a fat tire bike and, you know, right. but it's also doing like, you know, the pub rides in the winter time yeah. you know? and people are asking like, dude, why is your bike camouflage? Like, what's the point of that? You're like trying to hide it or like, you know, like, no, I hunt off of it. Like, dude, really? I've been thinking about hunting, man. I just yeah. like, sick of buying crap from the grocery store or whatever. And all of a sudden now you're talking about, you know, doing something that is also a BHA initiative, which is recruitment, retention and reactivation of hunters, you know, which is a really important thing and making sure that we maintain the numbers to be able to properly advocate for stuff like, you know, making sure that the, uh, the West who sit in access road, like, uh, things don't go there that aren't supposed to be there. Or yeah. Let's jump into bad. that. Let's jump into that real quick. That's, that seems to be a, the West a, in the access road? a really, um, touchy subject, um, that maybe a lot of people haven't even heard about. Um, right. if you haven't been like, you know, looking into it, but definitely I'm getting a lot of responses and, um, I don't know if it's Facebook leading me into, you know, looking at this kind of stuff um actually break it down a little bit it sounds like brandon wasn't aware of what it is and what what they're yeah, trying I mean, what they're trying I've to heard do of it, but i don't I'm, I'm zero knowledge of what it is and for anyone that's listening that might not know what it is too uh so the the, the most recent thing dam no no there was one the that, that, that's the different thing yeah. okay yeah. that's different but okay yeah. i kind of know about that and that's a huge like no 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 that was like prior to the the uh, recreation river management plan that I talked about. Yeah, I earlier. pulled it up here. I just Googled it to see what it was. West Houston Access Road is a proposed 100 mile mining access road through the currently roadless area west of the Susitna River. She doesn't know where that area is, right? And it says where. Uh, while three routes were considered during the phase two MOU three, the point, uh, uh, excuse me, point. Port McKenzie route through Rainy Pass was determined the most viable. The route would run from Port McKenzie to Estelle, Estelle, Estelle Mining District near Rainy Pass in the Eastern Range. So it's going to be like basically like the Iron Dog Trail, essentially. Or, or uh, Iditarod. Iditarod, yeah. Right. Iditarod yes. Trail. Yes. And Iron Dog Trail. It's actually the same area. I mean, that's a main pass. Airplanes. Snow machines, dog sleds, all of it. Yep. Because it's the way you can go north from Sleeping Lady, basically, right? Yep. Mm. Around and then head up towards um, – oh, hell. Um, you just keep going. Squintna, like that. Yeah, Gelatina. yeah, past Squintna, yeah. Gelatina, yep. yep. 
Okay. So their goal is to build a road simply for the miners. I mean, it's not going to be public access, right? <clears throat> yeah. I mean, that's their goal. I mean, if you well, I mean, you know, I think that like when you, when you look at these these proposals when they come together at first, you know, there's obviously there's there's a box and there's something in the box and then there's wrapping paper and a bow, right? Mm. Because no matter what's in the box, we want it to look good from the outside. Yeah. Um, you know, so there's you know there's different like uh, talks about like well if the road's here then you know you'll be able to use it but we've seen in other instances where like that's not always the case. Ambler, that's the perfect example. Um, not to mention that like to like every like people talk about like to risk is gain right, but also you have to wager something. And, and that's the thing that I think that gets overlooked. Like, what are, what are we potentially throwing into the pot as the Annie just to get a couple cards to see what this thing looks like? Mm-hmm. Um, and the most recent one, like Brad was saying, is that recreational status of the Sioux Basin River systems um, and the Sioux drainage. So this is a place that, like, I absolutely love. Yeah, and same here. Dude, like, there's, like, nothing that I get more – like, one of my first Alaska experiences coming up here, like, like I was on the ground for, like, three days, and, like, you know, I'm in a – you know, I'm in, like, the the Alaska uh, – uh, t- uh, what do you call it? Limousine, you know? A CR with a jet outboard, mm-hmm. like, hauling <laughs> up the Yetna, man. Like, yeah. And I'm, like, it's dude, up there. I'm here. Like, this yep. is, like, this is where I'm supposed to be. Um those rivers lose recreational status it can mean a bunch of different things, you know, like commercial application, they could become all private, you know, to the point where like you lose like that access. So you may have like high watermark, you know, that's great, but then mm-hmm. you can't go beyond that. Um, like there's not that many dudes like uh, that are up there that are successful every year shooting a moose off the shore. Definitely you know? not. <laughs> Actually mean, like very rarely. Right. Um, they have those any bull tags that you can get <clears throat> up there, and I hear more guys coming back empty-handed than they do with sure. this. I was going to say, yeah, I don't get those. I try. <laughs> yeah. I, I love one of those. I mean, I've hunted it twice, yeah. and it's badass bush. It's Dude, not just like, oh, I'm going to go hiking in the woods. No, it's old growth. It's swamp. It's Less gag, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's yep. like almost impossible to just think you're going to like jet up there and find a moose. Yeah. It might, like, might. You know, airboat, you know, you have a better chance. There's, it's tough, 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 tough hunting. Yeah. And you got to get off like the, the main river system and mm-hmm. that would become the problem, right? Because now we get off of the navigate, you know, the navigatable waterway and you get into like, you know, well, like what, like what is actually like what's protected, you know, like mm-hmm. what is public now? Like, where can I go? Where can I go? Ca- yeah. Um, and there is some private property up there uh, for sure. You know, it's probably one of the only places that I ever kick my Onyx <laughs> subscription on in Alaska. Same here. Yeah. Yeah. Because I sure. want to, you know, want to do the right thing. But imagine if there was nothing that you could access up there um, <sighs> because it was all road accessible. Um, look at, you know, look at other places that used to be like full, like full remote, like, like snow machine only in the wintertime. Uh, float plane or, or riverboat in the summertime that have had roads put in where now like everything, you know, eventually we talked about the slippery slope earlier, you know, those protections get eroded and eroded and eroded and the shoreline becomes further and further back. Not that, you know, not the literal, but the figural shoreline before you know <laughs> it, like everything is private, you know, and there's plenty of people out there and this didn't condemn private landowners by, by no means. Like, like, like private land ownership is like, you know, that's like an American, you know, 
right you know and, yep. and for some people that's like the goal you do you spend your whole life to be able to own some private property yeah. um there's got to be some type of balance yeah you know what i mean um is that who's pushing for that house bill 20 stuff what like like uh private is it private ownership or is it like lodges or what's i don't get that impression who's, who's pushing I that mean, the the road yeah uh it's uh the it's mining the mining district mining. Um, yeah, i've got a so y right here you guys want to hear it yeah, yeah, yeah. Go ahead. so the road is being developed to open a large mining district in remote alaska AIDEA reports that the mine will benefit mining claims in the Estelle Mining District, open up timber and agricultural lands, and provide increased recreation. Two, despite these claims, there are no indications of how the road will be paid for. That's probably a really tough one because it's got to be unfucking believably expensive to try and develop a road through that crazy ass bush. Three hundred and fifty million is what they're thinking right yeah, now. Yeah, say. actually, I did see that number somewhere. Yep. Um. Yeah. Good call. Oh, where was I? It will be maintained. Uh, how will we pay for? How will it be maintained? If the road will be public, and how agriculture and timber sales will be handled? Yeah. So, and then one little piece here: many Alaskans, including nearby residents, uh, who would be impacted, indigenous peoples who traditional lands the road would go through, local lodge and business owners, and people concerned <clears throat> with the health of the watershed, advocated for a more clear and open public process as well as changes to the understanding that would be excuse me that would protect the ecosystem that we rely on yep it's a tough one to like get through all those weeds oh yeah for sure and get this i mean this is probably toward the end of our lifetime that this would actually happen if it happened do you guys agree yeah i think so i mean i mean i mean no sooner than like 15 or 20 years for sure but uh, okay so sooner than <laughs> sooner than that well i plan uh, on dying before then yeah <laughs> <laughs> that goes, that goes with, hard give me some <laughs> give me some rolling tobacco <laughs> I'll take care yeah <laughs> give me your absence tobacco we'll see what happens it's <laughs> me at 60 man i still mm. know what my quality of life will be at that point anyway oh no shit i mean um, I think at base level, the big question is like, well, what's wrong with the road, right? If it if it stays public, can't and it improves access for more people, what's wrong with that, right? And at the base level, there's nothing wrong with that. Mm -hmm. But you you read some of those questions, which is like, how is it going to mean be maintained? Um, who's paying for it? Who's paying for it? Um, the, the mines. Uh, what what's going to happen to the natural resources that are there? I think. If I remember right, there's something like 140 stream crossings that that road's going to do. 156. Okay, yeah, yeah. 156 mm -hmm. stream crossings with um, uh, some bridges that are over 1,000 feet long. Um, and so all of that stuff that's going to have to go, in, all of the engineering, all of the money, um, and all and all of the, the uh, what everyone would assume the, the environmental protections are getting put into place. Mm. um are actually are are they happening you know yeah um and i i know that all there's a handful of those streams more than a handful of those streams that all five salmon return to to spawn absolutely you know what i mean and so now we're talking about okay again there's nothing wrong with building a road but are you going to do it responsibly are you going to do it for the better of the environment or at least to maintain that pristine of the environment and in addition is it actually going to be public yeah 
You know, it's a big question. That's the big question. Right. And yeah. how enforceable is all the like all the environmental stuff? Like, do, right? like, do we have the capacity to like to monitor and enforce? You know, the 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 like whatever building codes and environmental yeah. codes are around putting in 157 bridges. Which I think it's uh, w- one of these that talks about like how many miles of bridges that is too. And hmm. you know, I would yeah, imagine I that's all that. core of engineer stuff. So yeah, um, which is a pretty uh, you know. I'm, uh, it seems like a low people. ball number too. Uh-huh. Right, I agree. Right, you know, yep, for that big of a project. Yep, and and you know if you if you actually like go into um, some of the the there's reports on the oh so one of the other hot topics is the the small number of public um, meetings that they had about this right the public opinions mm. that they accepted i think there was actually one online and one in person in march yeah. or, or may, maybe before then but some sometime recently um and and they they did a really good job recording the the responses from and the questions and all of that from mm-hmm. the public um and i think in the most recent one there was something like 1300 people that that responded and it's like 70 or more percent of the public opposes. Oh yeah, I believe that. You know? And it's not just, you know, Joe Schmo, it's it's also like the person with the lodge at uh, uh at the top of Lake Creek, you yep. know? Yep. And and there's, you know, there's business uh, things there too. Obviously nobody wants competition to their business, but like so there's there's part of that, but at the same time um you you legitimately have just user groups, indigenous people, um, and uh, all you know other Alaskans who go out there and they take their jet boats up the river or whatever, and they are legitimately more than seventy percent are like there. I think there's like six or seven pie charts that they have of like where people fell on the spectrum of like should this happen or should this not, mm. and every single one is more than seventy percent say no. Yeah, just straight up no yeah um but still somehow it's making its way through Mm. you know it's it's getting punched through it's chipping away yeah 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 Yeah. and it's like a lot of gold at the end of that road and and you know the the i keep going back to this rivers uh the recreation rivers management plan that actually got written into the constitution um and so i was thinking about this this morning as i was i was thinking about coming on to the show um (laughs) <laughs> and the, I don't know, this might not sit well with some people, but like if you're pushing for the the constitutional right of the PFD, you damn well better be pushing for the cons- for the state to stick to the constitution of this. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, because you'd be a hypocrite if you exactly. were on board with it. Like if the you- constitution says this. Well, yeah. you're right. The constitution also says this. Protect yeah. these rivers. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so it's it's uh it's kind of like I don't know what's going to happen because the public's said their piece. Yeah. Or, you know, or the, and, and so we'll, we'll just have to keep saying our piece. I right. Guess. And if you, I mean, if you're hearing this stuff and you're unfamiliar with the topic, there's so much out there too. Like the Sioux coalition is like, I mean, they're pumping out, they're doing a gr- like a, like a really good uh, awareness, you know, campaign. They were at the sportsman show. I mean, they were, yeah, they, they were, were, they were yeah. you know, throwing it down and it's like, it goes back to stuff that like, 
the BHA holds near and dear, which is it's science based stuff. It's not somebody's like, you know, my grandpa took me out there when I was a kid. So like, it really hurt my feelings. That's important, right? That's part sure. of like hunting heritage. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's not the stuff that, that you can throw across the table at, in Juno it's not or gonna in hold DC. any weight right no yeah yeah it's a, it's a bucket full of holes so. yeah they got a big piece on the coalition's statement on it yeah and everything here and and they're the ones against the mine right or I'm sorry the dam the whole dam thing yeah yeah <clears throat> they're like the no to the mine and the whole thing and that's well, yeah. a whole different topic yeah trout, trout unlimited is in there too yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. that's interesting man I all the time I've spent up there and, and recreate. I have a jet boat. I love it. Um, spent a lot of time messing around, pike fishing, hunting, just exploring because it's just so huge and massive and amazing and beautiful up there. First off, there's a ton of private property. Yeah. Tons of it. Like, I didn't realize the – I mean, there's, like, people got fucking cars and shit. <laughs> like, I always wonder about that, too, like, is, like, winter – yeah, I don't know. I, I mean, there's the barges, those big barges that run the river, and they uh-huh. can take – you know, loaders and cars and uh-huh. up there. And I stayed with the uh, Johnson family. Um, the My one-year anniversary, my wife and I ran up to uh, Fish Creek's Lodge up there. I don't know if you guys have been up there. Beautiful lodge. I could see not implying that they're against this or for it. I, I can't speak for them. But based on my interaction with that family and their roots that are, like, literally embedded in that area... I could see, like, why they would be like, hell fucking no to this, right? Because they live up there. They love that pristine. They run a lodge. They run a business. They're very successful. Beautiful area. They have road systems built and shit out there, man. They got, like, this badass setup. But they said that time before the freeze and right after, like, right after summer, right before it freezes, it's, like, desolate. Yeah. They said that's their favorite Mm. time of year. Because there's no one running boats. There's no one running planes because planes can't land because things are icing up. People aren't quite switching over to the skis and stuff yet because there's no snow. And I, I, they love that, like, sanctuary, that, like, quiet, no one's around. It's their, like, few, six weeks or whatever, that little window that they have, like, the whole place to themselves. And I could see why, like, 70% are, like, Fuck that. Yeah. Yeah. You're not punching that thing through here. Right. I mean, and if you've ever been up there, I mean, you've probably never, like, cut the keys to your jet boat as you, like, you know, started to drift into one of those back slews and reach for your paddle. And you're like, man, I'm going to, like, like, today's going to be the day. I'm going to get up here and rip a cow call, dude, and he's going to come. Yep. And you're like, but if only there was, like, more roads and mines up here. Like, it would just make the whole experience better. Like, that's just no... <laughs> yeah. dude, like, just really want to be a truck. You know, right? I wish a tractor trailer would rip it by. Go for a Jake break. Just... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's Honestly, a great man. point, man. I mean, I'm... Personally, I, as we talk about this, I'm, like, processing this. I'm, like, it sounds kind of cool, but I'm, like, wait a minute. It's, like, pristine and... I don't know. Like the first Torn. ten years would probably be awesome, right? Because you just sure. have like all like 
you know, if, it'd be if all you new. Get and, all there, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And then, and then, twenty years later, you'd be like, "Dude, why did we do this? It was a bad idea." Yeah, like because there was no long range vision, and that's what you know, mm. like like what I urge and the coalition urges, like like look at look at this like in, like through the lens of perpetuity. Look look way downrange. Look beyond you. Look beyond like your kids. Yeah, like generations. Is this ahead. good for? Alaska. If I got, like, if you were to remove like uh, like your, your your personal feelings on it, like is it is it generally is it just good? And you know you have to come to that conclusion on your own. But I mean, I think that we come down to economics, right? Well, exactly. That's yeah. what I was going to say. And now yeah. now it comes down to money, yeah. right? Yeah. You know, and and money talks. But like that's the other the other missing piece of this right now is there hasn't actually been a demonstrably uh, clear cost benefit analysis done where right. it's like okay you know they talk about creating jobs but they don't actually say how many you know because they don't know because they or, don't know no. or like how many would be like would would be like set asides for local employment or sure. how many people would just be like yeah there's a hundred thousand jobs we're bringing a hundred thousand people rush. from yeah. mm. oh right you know what i mean yeah um and so i think sure if it's going to bring some major ec- economic benefit to Alaska, yes, it is absolutely worth talking about. I'm not going to take that off the table. Yeah, we're all for that. Responsibly sure. managed, right? But like, you haven't you haven't demonstrated that yet. Yeah. <laughs> like, what is what is the number that's going to come out of this? You know, like in in our business, when we when we have to go to somebody and say like, hey, we would like you to give us some money, they're going to say, well, what am I getting in return? Yeah. You know. Yep. So if we're going down to the economics now, the state needs to be saying. What are we getting in return? And it needs to be like a number. Viable. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Right. With a plan um, to make it happen. And so far that's, that's, it's all been very, very vague. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I mean, we're talking like brass tacks money. I don't care what like projections and like the, the dollar amount you can throw at this. I guarantee you it's going to balloon. Balloon. I mean, like, the shit you're going to run into in the engineering and all the, the what will go into this and the roadblocks and the, I mean, this is going to be unbelievably expensive to get the return on your investment. How long is that going to take? How many lifetimes sure. are going to cycle before like there's actually, you're back in the green on the money invested in this Yeah, dude. by investors. It ain't going to be like one rich. Well, game. not it's even the money. Like, I mean, you, you, you screw up one of those bridge moves. And there goes how many salmon? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That oh, yeah. Back. Or you, you have know. some wicked gnarly spill. Yeah, right. And, and then get, fucking and lawsuits it. fly, and it's like yep. everything's halted for five years, and it's like, yep. you know, how many of those are you going to run into? Like and a then bunch. Like who, shit's who's to happen. blame? It's the state at that point. Right. Oh yeah, it's not the it's They're not the, the companies. No. Right. Yeah. No, yeah. And, definitely not. And then the state acts irresponsibly, and then who governs the state? You know, at that point, when, whenever like you you reach a catastrophic level from like something that deemed an environmental uh, mishap that's due from irresponsibility, yeah. now you get federal oversight. Mm-hmm. Um, mm. How many people in Alaska want the federal government <laughs> to determine more of how we uh, manage resources in Alaska? You're not going to get a bunch of hands raised. No. no. And then when you're talking that type of money, I mean, what would benefit more using that money in different places where it's like, even as simply as like widening the road to Girdwood, you know, that like that's not, that makes way more sense to me to spend, you know, $400 million or whatever it would cost. Make it back in two years. You know, exactly. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, That's, that's a, um, 
you know, I think it's important to note too that like I don't think that there's many things that BHA like strictly like just like like point blank stands against. You know, we're you know we're not a, like a non-developmental group. We're not you know, um, you know, an, an environmental compliance group. We're not an anti-mining group. You know, it's it's none of those things. It's it all comes back to like, are we looking at facts? Are we looking at science-based stuff? Are you know are we doing something to encourage um, awareness for public lands where they are now? What can make them better, and like what type of impact can we have today to ensure that they're still public? You know, in the you know foreseeable future, and the, even the non foreseeable future. You know, that's what it comes down to. So like, you know, people you know kick hats and labels around and put you know all these different things on different groups, and you know at the end of the day, I think that like you know, uh, especially as as outdoorsmen, as hunters and fishers, like you know we kind of owe it to each one of those groups. Like, get around a table like this, man. Mm-hmm. Have a beer and a conversation about stuff that like you feel is important. Yep. You know, and and be willing to hear the other side of things. Yep. You know, and BHA does that Consider well. everything. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And its impact. Yep. Absolutely. Let's take quick one quick second here. Sure. Yeah, go for it. The Treehouse AK, your one-stop dispensary located at 341 Boniface Parkway. Be sure to ask the bud tender about their deal of the day because, honestly, there's always something good on deck. And, guys, listen, this is where the culture lives. At the Treehouse, their dedication to servicing consumers has been developed through a lifetime of involvement in the cannabis culture. They're committed to providing the highest quality products at whatever value your budget affords, while always maintaining the deep-rooted principles that have carried them this far. Their focus is on relationships over transactions, and you can always depend on them to treat you with the respect you deserve. Hit them up at thetreehouseak.com, and remember, you must be 21 years of age to enter their store. Tailored Restoration, 24-hour emergency home services, helping Alaskans restore their dreams since 1972. Services include fire, water, mold, post-emergency cleaning, repair, and remodeling. Tailored has an emergency response number with trained professionals available to help you at any time, day or night. Give them a call in Anchorage, Eagle River, Matsu, or Fairbanks. Make an appointment today at tailoredrestorationalaska.com. Since 2008, Serrano's is Anchorage's own new generation of Old Cocina. Their menu showcases the passion and love of their rich heritage and unique family recipes that have been passed down through the generations. Serrano's goal is to embrace and display trad flavors using the best ingredients that are available. They focus on making everything from scratch daily. In-house menu includes handcrafted corn tortillas, salsas, carne asada, and chorizo. But don't take their word for it. Experience their tradition and sabor for yourself. Locations on Tudor and Northern Lights, both with new tequila bars. Check out their daily specials at serranosmexicangrill.com. The Connoisseur Lounge, located in the heart of Palmer, Alaska. The Connoisseur Lounge is Palmer's first locally owned and operated cannabis retailer. Their beautiful store is located at 226 Evergreen Avenue. The Connoisseur Lounge has exclusive cannabis products such as Snowcap Romance, Aurora Haze, Super Glue, and one of our favorites, Sugar Cookies. And if you're not into the flower, the connoisseur can hook you up with edibles, vape supplies, and a ton of CBD options for all your health and inflammation needs. Check out their daily deals at theconnoisseurlounge.net, or even better, stop by the lounge today. Remember, you must be 21 years of age to enter their store. Yeah, that, that's crazy to me with the, like, <sighs> who's like the first dude 
around a table with a cold beer. There you go. I was like, yeah, man, let's punch a road through any pass. <laughs> I was like, um. Yeah, you didn't get offered another beer. <laughs> yeah, let's table this thing. Yeah. Like, yeah, no. No more ciders for you, bud. <laughs> this guy's talking too much. Yeah, man, this is wild. I mean, I've, I've been up there a lot, and I, I the backcountry up there is just so the way the rivers shift and the sandbars and just the, the the ecosystem itself is like I know we punched a road to the north slope. Okay. And that had to be insane. Yeah. The, the and you see the pictures, you hear the stories. I've got an old, you know, old Nat Butcher rest in peace, you know, he's an old trucker, you know, hauling pipe up there the pipeline and it sounded miserable. It was a horrible sounded like a horrible experience. The bugs, the breakdowns, the equipment, guys getting hurt, killed. I mean, shit was went was bad. It was a lot of bad. And this, I, I, I guess I, I've, I've, have you guys run the Hall Road? You guys been up towards no. Prudhoe? Or, I mean, the country that it runs through, it's like, I can't believe they built a road through this. <laughs> so that, that was gnarly, badass backcountry. So to say that, that this would be... Harder, I can't say, but it just the way this is in the valley is, and versus like kind of going up and in, in elevation. I don't know, man. I just can't see how getting equipment in there and punching road and like the whole engineering aspect of that project. Like, I feel like you'd like get going and you'd be like, "Fuck this, man!" Just like we're gonna find another route here. I'm in a Toyota Tercel. <laughs> yeah, tell those tell those rich guys they can have their money back, man. This is, this I mean, is fucking not happening. I mean, I, I have two comments to make on that. One is like, roads aren't bad. No, like that's no. total. Like, if you're gonna improve my access to the areas I want to go to absolutely you know what i mean yeah but like let's make it, it goes back to the 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 did i not grab you a drink you got me right here i did yeah okay you got me once you, you got, got him a oh. water oh yeah is that, is that that's a hard seltzer though, a belgian right? water no, belgian yeah. water yeah. well no it, this was good i had one well you had one earlier so i, I don't know <laughs> he's pacing himself okay, okay. All right. All right. Uh, if you uh oh what was it oh yeah if you go back to our conversation about like who's picking up the trash who's doing the the surface level shit. What was it called? B surface BPS. Pooping? Surface BSP. Pooping. BSP. BSP. <laughs> Who's doing the BSPs, right? Like, how can we? All, or I guess more, maybe more about the trapping, right? Um, can we all get on the same page here, mm -hmm. right? You guys are going for money. We're going for being able to continue doing the things we like to do, and also protect, preserve. I should say, preserve the natural life that flows through here. So if we can all get on the same page, then a road is totally acceptable. But if one of those things get by, gets bypassed on either side, if if nobody's willing to come to the table and negotiate and, and make a, a really solid plan, then it's a failed plan. Because at some point, something something's going to give. Yeah. You know what I mean? Uh, and I forgot the second Well, thing. also at some point, whatever the reason for back. the road, for the money-wise, is going to run out too. Yeah. And yep. then the road will still be there. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's exactly what it was. So mm -hmm. yeah, that's the other thing is that, <laughs> so, you know, I, I there there's a couple failed projects from the same company that's helping fund this. There's a railroad, mm -hmm. a rail belt that I don't remember when it was started, funded and started and all those things, but it's still not been completed. 
Yeah. You know, and then there was another one. I forget what it was, but like there, there's a, a little bit of a history of throwing money at something and then not having the follow through. So yeah. like what happens, like, uh, what, what happens when we get the road to nowhere, um, that just ends and it's like all that for what? Yeah. You know, all that disturbance, all that thrown away money. Mm-hmm. Um, all those people's effort who thought they were building something good, like for a reason, for no reason anymore, yeah. you know, it's no like, you know, but the crazy thing too is and when you start to consider things like that, you also have to take into the fact that like, this is a lifetime deal, right? So not only will the road be there forever, but the commitment to the road is there forever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You just, like yeah. you just, you can't just build it and then expect it to, you know, to last forever. I mean, we see it, we drive on it every single day. Like how yeah. inconvenient is it every time they want to, replace you know one side of the bridge or yeah you know, patch or I don't know. That, anything, that amount of money man. it's like we could repair a lot of things that we need repairing now yeah yeah, yeah versus sure. building yeah. some new thing that we don't need and and one one other aspect is actually the um uh the law enforcement side oh mm. wow you know like yeah. the, the the troopers are already super understaffed yeah and so now we're gonna throw another hundred mile road this way yeah. that people are camping and and all of those things and like emergencies happen look man oh, yeah you know and now we're gonna be telling that call pulling them off of uh the dalton or pulling pull, i mean that's a long way away but like as an example and their like, resources are spread thin already yeah yeah, yeah yeah exactly so yeah. then it's like okay what's the emergency response look like yeah. yeah and from a, a good like point a, from a former recruiter like if you want to like incentivize a job like ap like uh um not apd but the alaska highway patrol is trying to do right now you don't lead with we're going to separate you and put you on a remote duty station like away from your family for a long period of time yeah because that's yeah. what everybody wants to do right yeah uh we're going to call jack real quick he's got some trivia for us see if oh, he answers here oh, we go have a drink i'm gonna kill this shit Wait, you don't think I can, bro? I, Kansas. I in you. The answer is Kansas. <laughs> What's up, guys? What's up, Jackie? Good to hear your voice, Daniel. Son. Yeah, we, you're here with uh, Dave, me, and Brad Hurd, and Brandon, of course, and myself. What's up, boy? Hey, Jack. Hey, Jack. How's it going? Oh, man, just this tall area is wonderful. <laughs> what's it like down there in kodiak today oh man it's gorgeous it was like 70 degrees it's blue oh, skies no i don't even see uh any any clouds i got some uh snow-capped mountains but uh a lot of free rain uh below the snow line and hopefully we can get off on a hike at some point but yeah it's nice the the cidery here is like right down near the harbor so it's locked outside it's all air in my face can't beat it <laughs> right on right on might have to do one of those be uh have a pint deals yeah yeah yeah, oh, yeah. We'll, we'll get into that after the uh, yeah for sure after the trivia i want to ask about that and when's the next one because i love a pint we yep. need to we need to do a podcast from down here yeah oh for sure well, we talked about that yeah it's a good setup yeah is it flowing down there yet or what you got cider you got cider getting getting made yeah, yeah, yeah. So we have, uh, we're going to release six tanks and, uh, we got three of the ciders done and, nice. uh, we have three, we have three left, uh, before Thursday. The ribbon cutting with, uh, I think like the mayor of Kodiak coming down to cut a ribbon. I won't be here. I'll be with the kids. But, uh, yeah, Gid and the rest of the crew here will 
be opening it up to Kodiak. They're all pretty pumped. We get, we're getting five to ten people a day stopping by <laughs> to help. Play. They're like, hey, can we help you with something? I was like, sure. <laughs> Give me some cider. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Can you can you can you run that and then grab me some food? <laughs> so uh, I got some trivia for you boys. Hit it. Let's go. Hey, These guys. All right. All right. Since I'm on an island, I got uh, I got really interested in uh, our Alaskan island. And I was really curious, out of the biggest five islands in the United States, how many of them are in Alaska? Mm. And so, can you guys name two oh, islands that are in Alaska that are in the top five in the United States and where they rank? Kodiak, number one. Mm-hmm. Does Prince, that count? Prince of Wales. Ooh. All right. In the United States, me. though, where they rank? <laughs> I mean, in the I'm just looking. States. And where do they rank as far as size wise? Yeah, size wise in the United States. All right, go ahead with Kodiak. What you think they're? Uh, What's the they, rank on that, dude? I think I mean depends. Are you going acreage or <laughs> total numbers like miles of shoreline? Because I think miles of shoreline is number one. Oh, good. Uh, good. Let's do, oh. a, let's do total size, like in terms of acreage or mileage. Oh wow! Shit. <laughs> <laughs> so square mile. What's that? What are what are the two biggest islands in Alaska in terms of square mileage, and uh, where they rank in uh, in terms of the United States? We happen to have a map. I'm pointing to both of them right now. <laughs> I'm seeing two big islands on that map, but I can't quite read. I see Kodiak for sure. That's gonna be number one, right? Rank in the United States. Ooh, she uh. got Hawaii, like the, like the Big Island. Mm. How's that? How's that looking on the map? <laughs> <laughs> it's not there. Chichigaf, Chichigaf, Actually, that island's pretty big too. Yeah, I know. Man, that's a good question. Dude, you guys are right. He's good. Yeah, dude, he's always pulls this shit. I'm like, oh, can we like? Oh, that's Nunavak. Can Nunavak. we do like some kindergarten shit? <laughs> <laughs> what is that one way uh, up there? This one or that one? The top one. Yeah, uh, that one is. Uh... Well, you don't know. <laughs> I did. I was just making sure. Uh, Gamble and Savunga. That's what I was going to say. That's Gamble and Savunga, <laughs> and then we have Nunavak Island. Nunavik. And yeah. then Chichikov, which is which was gonna be my guess, which is the one that Sika's on. But it is. Oh but as far as ranking yeah. the United States, yeah, um, I know the answer because Jack texted me so I can't answer, but you guys can. Oh, you already know the fucking answer to this? Well, I was gonna do the trivia and I said I was just gonna have him do it. Oh cool. So he texted me. I the like answer. the call in though, that's pretty cool. Um I'm lost right now, man. Well just a ranking what well, Kodiak is obviously the biggest. For Alaska, yeah. right? You're we right. can agree on that. Yep. And then as far as ranking in well, the United States. I think Kodiak's number one. I do too. Yeah, I do too. And it's weird because like technically Kodiak is what about like, like a lo- series of Manhattan. Islands. I mean, there's Long Island. There's some big Hawaii. islands. Hawaii. Because like Kodiak is Kodiak and then there's Fognac and then raspberry. there's Raspberry. Yeah. So it's like. Is that Those all- are separate islands though. It's not. We're, we're talking about the island. Okay. Mm. Mm. All right, throw a number out. Throw I got Kodiak number one. You I'm got Kodiak gonna, number one? I'm just going to roll with that. Like, it okay. just seems obvious. Yep. Same. Same? 
What do you say? Same. They all think Kodiak number one, Jack. All right. All well, right. we got and two, though. The, yeah. All right. And so what's the second biggest island, and how's it ranked in that city? Oh, right, second Jim. biggest in Alaska? I had Prince of Wales, Alaska. but now I'm not so sure. I'm Actually, yeah. Tichigoff. Yeah, Tichigoff. Tichigoff? Yeah. Yeah. That's my I didn't know the answer to that. Is Tichigoff that one? Yeah, that's like Sitka. This right here? Yeah. Okay, and I said Prince of Wales is this one? Prince of Wales? That's pretty big, too. Yeah, I know. It's kind of like it's all scattered out, though. I can't tell. We'll go with that since we went with Chichigoff. Chichigoff is ranked number four. There you go. Where, where does everyone else have uh, <laughs> their island rank? Where does what? We where all agree on the Kodiak one. I think that's rank. like a consensus, right? And then Chichigoff, yeah. I'm going to say seven. Ooh. Is it four? Seven? Uh, five. Five? See? It's four. Four. There it is. What, all, right. all right, Jackie, what Prince is it? Wales, four. All right. So the biggest island in the United States is Hawaii. Oh, damn it. The, the second biggest island in the United States is Kodiak. Oh. The third biggest, which was actually really surprising to me, is Puerto Rico. Oh, oh come and, on. And the, fourth, and the fourth <coughs> biggest, which is the one that, you know, is our second part of this, is Prince of Wales. Oh. Yeah. Oh, See, I always hard. fall ass backwards into being kind of right. Look yeah, me, you man. guys had it nailed, and then you guys backed out of it. You're looking at a map. Yeah, we're cheating. Not, you know. <laughs> yeah, well, it's going back, so I, but I, I, I did throw out Prince of Wales four, just random. That's it. No, it was yeah. great. Yeah. Just so, intrinsically so do I win some of these packaroons or what? Yep, you get mm. some packaroons. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you win a trip to oh, Kodiak. <laughs> Perfect. I got an elk tag this fall. I'll be a taste tester. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What, what flavors do you bring? Snickerdoodle and black espresso. Oh, my favorite. Mm -hmm. I, I haven't had Snickerdoodle yet. Oh, well, I, I don't either. think I have either. You got to get it in you. Is that like yeah. fairly new? Yeah. It's brand new. Yeah. Brand new. Yep. Mm. Oh, that's nice. real good. Yeah. You, you got to throw some of that rainbow chard in there. Oh, yep. We, okay. we, we have a talk. <laughs> we have a talk to have. <laughs> All right. All right. So my third question is going to be the most fun, but we're going to get to the second one here. So sticking on island, we said Kodiak is the biggest island uh, in Alaska, second biggest in the United States. Where does it sit in the ranking for the world? Hmm. Oh, shit. Ooh, Kodiak for the world? It's above my pay grade, boys. We don't have the world Way map. <laughs> we don't have the world map. <laughs> Do not have a globe in our studio. Spin the globe. Spin the globe. Um, man, Kodiak's big and Hawaii's big. Tasmania is big. Madagascar is big. Australia is huge. <laughs> That's a, so big it's a continent. <laughs> <laughs> so big it disqualifies itself. So does Antarctica? I mean, that fucking thing's um, right? I'm going to go with nine. <laughs> I'm going to go with number nine. That's my guess. All right. Daniel's going nine. Where are you going, Brandon? Uh... What was the question again? In the world. <laughs> size of the world. Kodiak. Kodiak Kodiak's rank, rank in the world? Okay. For, for mileage. Square mileage. In the world is ranked uh, 83rd. <laughs> <laughs> Watch, fuckers. It's going to be close. <laughs> yeah. What is it? What is it, Jack? Or no, 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 no. no, Brad, Brad's gonna. I'm, in a, I'm really in a hurry to know. I'm gonna say uh, 17. 
Dude, I'm gonna do the prices right thing and just. I said you nine. Say? One dollar. Eight. Eight? Okay. Eight. All right. Is it closest without going over? Come on, eighty-three. Yeah, it's prices right style. Jack. Hold on. He didn't. Did you guess? No, Brad. Uh, Brad didn't say a number yet. Yeah, he said seventeen. Dave said eight. I said eight. Or Dave said eight. Okay. Okay. Oh, okay. Everyone got it. All right. Granny, you're so close. You went over, man. Seventy-nine. What? Oh. I'm telling you guys. Oh I got a gift. I have got a gift. <laughs> Dude, you just got to shout out the first thing you think. It's man. just you, you vomit it out. When you were doing that. Thank you, man. I appreciate it. Go big or go right. home. After this third question, you have five seconds to answer. I am All the right. dumbest, yeah, smartest yeah. guy in the room. So, so this, this, this is, for me, like the best question. So, because uh, I would have never. Anyway, so. When a brown bear cub is born, how many times the size, their initial weight, <coughs> do they grow when they become a uh, an adult? Thirty-two. Up to how many times their size? Oh, that was quick. Thirty-two. You said so, going thirty-two. Thirty-two times from their initial like popping out. Yeah, their initial birth weight. With their, you know, how many multiples to their, you know, full-grown weight? Is this like a general like black or brown bear? Is this a Kodiak brown bear? Is this an Alaska Peninsula brown bear? Wait, I is mean, your information <laughs> so specific? I mean, what are we talking about here? <laughs> Up to how many times can they grow from okay, their birth there weight? There you go. Six hundred. Six hundred times. Okay, so. Dude, I want to I, I unlock my answer. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're seated. Oh, that's a good one. I'm going to say, um, man, let me do some math real quick. I should have said three. You guys better figure it out. I'm going to Google this shit in a second. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to say Put 700. Boys, I'm not there to watch. I'm going to mm. say 700. Because they come out pretty small, like really tiny. Yeah, maybe like a couple pounds. Yeah, I'm thinking like a pound or two, and then it grows to like. How much? Eight hundred average. Pounds. Yeah, it was an average brown bear. Way oh, like, average. I I, I'm, I'm going to say like five hundred. Up to. Up to. That'd be a thousand pound bear. <laughs> no, so that's what's the big bear. Up to. Like, yeah, so that's like your like high end. Oh, okay. Because like I'd say like if I'm just guessing, full vomit again, like an average brown bear, average, is probably like five or six hundred pounds. Oh, average. Right, think. like a huge one being like a 1,500-pounder. Are, are you talking? No, and then you got like, you know, like a like a average size. Yeah. Um, 950 times. <laughs> <laughs> billions and billions. Billions. And billions. <laughs> I'm, I'm sticking with 950. All right, Jackie, what is it? <laughs> All right. So a brown bear... Cub averages 1.5 pounds in the day, oh, dude. and Good they can grow me. up to 1,500 pounds. Nice saying earlier, Brandon. You said 1,500, so a thousand times bigger. Oh, oh, yeah, you got it. Damn I said, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you got it. You're right, Dave, Dave over here with yeah. 32. <laughs> dude, I didn't understand the question. <laughs> Don't let this you guy shoot the trophy. <laughs> So I'm telling hey, you, my mind was fucking blown when yeah, I read that's that. Crazy. You know, that's crazy. I was big like, number. holy shit. Because, like, we're born at, like, eight pounds, and we grow to, like, 180. 
so 60 times bigger. But these guys, these fuckers are growing a thousand times bigger. I'd be able to, like, I gotta eat more salmon. Damn. You guys just up my rank, man. Maybe you weren't lying. You. Dude, I'm fucking you. full champ, dude. Damn. Well hey, done. Hey, can I get a Kodiak double shovel hat, Jack, please? Yeah, yeah, we'll get, we'll get you one. You just get down here. Come support our business. I'll be there in October, man. You know I'll be there. Tell Casey and them boys, get the party ready, man. We're coming. I think I think it'll be ready. Hopefully be by November. Over this next three days. I'll be ready. Yeah. All right. All right, Jackie. Thanks for the trivia. See you, Jack. Yeah, yeah. Have fun, boys. Was, uh, I miss you guys and wish I could be there, but later. Later. Safe travels, bro. <laughs> All right, that was nice. See, man, I got it, boys. Dude, I get, this guy on, get this guy on Jeopardy. Yeah. I know. I, mean, I just stumble <laughs> ass backwards right into that money. Right into there. You're on the heater. <laughs> I'm, I'm telling you. Um, let's talk about the pint, the pint deal. What I had, I had a note here on it. Um, what, what, what do you guys call it? Have a pint, pint with, night. Pint night. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. So what's pint. that entail? Uh, it's usually it's kind of what uh, we're doing right now. Yeah, like same thing, right? <laughs> so we did one. Um, this year after draw results, but I'll talk about like the, uh, like, like a, a thing that Brad and I think, uh, is going to be a really exciting thing to do is next this an year. annual thing? Mm, well, I mean, we do them like, pretty frequently. We okay. probably, quarterly, we try, huh? It, yeah. it, it, if not come. more. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Can so, yeah. Fuck. That's Everybody's invited. That's the point. Yeah. You guys just Shit choose job. a spot and, yeah. and just yeah, let the what's, folks know. What's really, really cool is we'll, we'll, I mean, we don't have like really deep pockets. And so we'll contact a brewery and just say, hey, we're going to try and bring some people to you. Are you willing to let us, like, set up a table and just, like, maybe carve off a corner for two hours or three hours of the night or the evening um, and and just yeah. have some people buy your beer? And certain certain breweries will actually, like, go one step farther and say, like, yeah, we'll donate a dollar for every pint that's bought, oh, you know, which is yeah. really cool. And even if even if that's not the case, it's not always feasible for, like, new breweries, and that's totally sure. fine. Yeah. But it's an opportunity for members to get together because, as Dave mentioned earlier, the state's so freaking big. Like, you don't always get to see the other members or yeah. you may never meet the other right. members versus somewhere like North Carolina or something like right. that. Right. And some yeah. of the some of the pint lines have pint nights have a uh like they're just like let's get together. It's been a while. Let's like, you know, go have a beer together. And some of them are organized around like a specific event. Like we're going to do a you know, a, a trifecta event this uh like late winter where we're going to do a pint night uh organized around submitting draw applications because everybody knows a guy that's okay. like dude i totally forgot man and then i just beefed it or uh another yeah, thing do. that like uh <laughs> that um you know that bha is doing specifically through the afi program is uh educating adult onset hunters and or people that are new to alaska so like hey if you're a bha member or not and you're just interested in what we do come out to this pint night and bring your laptop, and we're going to sit down and do stuff. Because we all know a guy who drew a draw tag that he has no idea what what he got himself into. Probably yeah. shouldn't have. <laughs> yeah. Probably shouldn't have. That was six dollars yeah. in there. So, like, would you guys come with me to the spot? Yeah. yeah. So then the second event, right? So that is the first event. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Our hunt license I can borrow. Those are transferable, right? Yeah. Uh, the second Boxes. event. The second event would be. Um, 
doing a uh, draw result pint night. So like everybody get together on draw result nights. And if you want, we, oh, we even really? talked about doing like, uh, like don't check your crap on our system. We'll have somebody in the, uh, like in the local area, check it for everybody. Cause you can look everybody's crap up. Right? Oh, that's And then call. do like envelope thing, like, <laughs> yeah, like red yeah, carpet yeah. thing. And you know, like, Sick. you know, Brad's not the father type deal. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, <laughs> squeaked by again. <laughs> oh, thank God. So, uh, like a hunter reveal. Right. And then the <laughs> third. It's camo that comes out of the thing. <laughs> right. We don't know what it is. Yeah. Um, it's <laughs> the third one would be, uh, like, more organized around, like, okay, I didn't draw a tag. And we've been calling this one What If. And I think that Brad and I are the most passionate about this one. Doing a... Uh, like maybe a little bit more mellow of a pint night and like everybody that like had high expectations of their draw tag, um, or forgot to put their, their draw applications in and now doesn't have anything and are doing registration. Huh? No, like, plan oh, B. Right. Yep. So, yeah. um, <laughs> yeah. So like what, like what now? Like I didn't draw anything. Now what do I do? Um, and getting some people together out there that have done registration hunts that maybe are like less popular. Um, mm getting people like uh like creating some awareness around some like maybe remote access stuff you know like just showing people that like um if we and you know it does a couple different things it takes maybe a little bit of heat off the stuff that's easy Mm. and gets people out doing stuff that's that's accessible but maybe you're just like unaware of like how accessible it is that's probably gonna you know maybe rub a few people the wrong way like no i like having the spot all to myself it's just Mm -hmm. me and this one thousand acres well Um, you're just kind of spreading them out versus everyone yeah eureka you know or whatever everybody goes yeah just like a how do you have a traffic jam hunting a wilderness area it's crazy (laughs) yeah well like like one of the things that like makes me twitch a little bit uh, which I will say, like, I grew up hunting in Colorado, but for probably 10 to 12 years of my life, I didn't hunt. And then when I moved to Alaska, I picked it up by myself again. Mm. Um, but one of the one of the, the, the twitches that I get is, is just thinking about somebody's first hunting experience being a Denali Highway caribou. And I'm like, oh, that's the worst. Yeah, it's not what it's like, supposed to that be. That is not the feel like that is not attractive that is not what you want to like i mean maybe it is for the lucky few that that have a ec- excellent hunt but like the mm-hmm. dust and the everything yeah. you know what i mean yep. right uh, uh yeah or so 92 degree hunting caribou like yeah. last year yeah 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 three I, blown tires on the trailer yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah we got we got our i got my first caribou ever up there it was like 80 something degrees september beautiful day and sure. actually an excellent hunt. It took me 45 minutes to find a caribou. Yeah. But like hot, I had never, I hadn't processed an, an, processed an animal in 12 years. Did you and have a head net? No. Ooh. No head net. I had read about the citric acid spray, which was actually very helpful. But like I was freaking out because I hadn't, I hadn't processed an animal in 12 <laughs> years, you know. And even then I never, I never quartered one. Um, I, we always just hooked it up to a four wheeler and drug it the hell out of there, you know what I mean? And, uh, and so then it was like, well, now I don't know what I'm doing. And then getting it back, we threw it in the camper, but we forgot to close all the windows on the camper and we drove the Denali highway. And when we got back, just covered in dirt, you know, (laughs) so like those sorts of things, we can maybe help somebody else fucking avoid. (laughs) Right. You know? (laughs) 
It's <laughs> fucking pain in the ass, man. <laughs> so this is something in the last yeah. Yeah. breakfast sausage. <laughs> man, well, I definitely want to go to gritty. The, the next pint night. That sounds. That sounds. That, that sounds, sounds really great. really fun. When's you guys' next scheduled pint night, or do, are they? Are they? They're a bit random, but uh, we don't have one scheduled currently. Okay. Um, we got a project coming up though. What do you got? Fuller Lakes. Oh yeah. Yeah. Yep. Fuller Lakes. What's where's that? I know that. Yeah, Fuller down Lakes. on the peninsula. Um doing some like trail reconstruction improvement. Um Ooh. it's probably gonna turn into an overnight backpacking trip. That's what it looks like. So it's oh, it's that still kind of really fun. Dude, yeah, for sure. So just go out, like do some like good, honest, like hard working uh stuff during the day, put some calluses on your hands and then Is do it Fuller this Lakes in night. the burn? Is that like where the, 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 the I'm new pretty burn sure is? It, it got scorched, yeah. In so the ski lack area yeah, yeah, yeah. where yes. you're going south left and you got like hike yeah. Yeah. oh okay that's okay yeah you might find so are you asking else, well i was gonna say are yeah. you asking if there's gonna be mushrooms <laughs> <laughs> and the answer is not if it doesn't rain ever yeah uh, right exactly. yeah, yeah, yeah 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 well you just bring your own yeah yeah <laughs> 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 this our boy would say <laughs> powder yeah. oh. <laughs> grind it so the plan is there to Some just kind of fix it up, spruce it up, get it. Yeah. Um, man, I'm drawing a blank, too. I can't remember, like, who we're partnering up for that one. Is that the uh, Is it all messed up from the burn? Is there, like, trees down and you guys are going to kind of reopen the path or – um, you're still figuring there's out. lots of people hiking it so it's yeah. clearly open yeah i think it's more it's, just like it's ge- like just generally becoming more disheveled and it's a reconstruction project okay. so just really okay. trying to improve it okay yeah. yep um how, how many current members are there in bha alaska hmm. uh almost 600 600 yeah i'm one yeah there should be a lot more so we should have a lot more. Well, can I talk about that real yeah. quick? Okay, so yeah, this is probably a, a good time to like introduce something that's pretty new to BHA in general and pretty new to Alaska, which is the Arms Forces Initiative. So not that long ago, BHA kind of recognized a a user group in a specific demographic that um, is is or was pretty widely uh, recognized like in the outdoor community, but maybe not recognized in BHA's ranks specifically. Uh, so they decided to target military folks. A lot of people joined the military because they grew like they grew up like like camping, shooting guns, uh, being outside, doing stuff like that, right? And they were like, "Man, I could like avoid college for a couple of years, or you know, mm-hmm. like going to work like in a steel mill." That's why I enlisted. Um, and what you don't bargain for is the fact that you are going to get displaced from hunting and fishing it's like spraying wd-40 mm. into a bucket of water like they just fight each other i mean hmm. for no good reason uh, but then when you really put it under the microscope you start to see different things um, there's uh, quite a few barriers to entry for people uh, when you move to a new area uh, what is the first thing that you do, right? Is you start to take in everything around you. I was like, dude, like I'm going to tear it up here, right? I'm going to shoot the biggest buck, kill the biggest bull, get all the spring turkeys, like catch all the fish. And then you're like, but I but I need to make sure, you know, that I'm doing it responsibly, mm-hmm. um, like in following regulations. And then you grab like a different, especially if you grew up in one, like one state your whole life, you grab a hunting regulation and you're like, dude, there's no way. Between between my status is daunting. I have a a brand new career, right? And an organization that has zero tolerance for failure. Um, And Mm -hmm. so I have to learn my job. 19 Um, years old. 
you're very young. <laughs> you're away from home a lot of times for the first time. And mm. you have all these things Long to do, of like all these expectations of the defense department that are placed on you rightfully because we want to be, you know, consummate professionals and what we do as a military organization, um, that there's very little time to go like learn all the things that you have to do to learn. So the time that you do have to recreate, you're like, I can't do it because I didn't spend the 15 minute increments that I had like over the course of the last two or three months to learn what I'm allowed to do legally. So now that I have a couple days of leave that I can take, uh, I guess I'll just go do something else instead. Mm. So this is so many people's story. Not only like so many other people, like my, like my personal testament to like, you know, what happened, um, with me, um, as a, like a young kid leaving home for the first time, like, you know, I mean, Oh, not all game lands or not all public lands are exactly the same. You know, things are different. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, you know, that's one primary barrier to entry. The other one is like, it can be intimidating. Like imagine if you grew up hunting nothing but private ranches in Texas, right? Shoot deer mm. out of a tin house. Uh, sorry, yeah. Texas guys. Um, as you come True. to Alaska and you're like, dude, look how big their deer are. Um, like these gigantic moose. You're like, I want to shoot one of those, right? Like that's like that's what I want to go hunt. Like I want to go, I want to go kill a moose. Um, and then you realize how much different like public land is. What what competition for area looks like. You know, um, what it looks like to uh, to have like a highly regulated species. You hear like about an emergency order, and you're like, the season can close like at will, you know, based on conservation strategies. Um, It just becomes daunting. It becomes very intimidating for folks. The gear? Um, Yeah. Look, the thing No, just all the rules and the way... No, I mean, just navigating. navigating, navigating, I just think about, like, some of the military guys I've run into on a trail, and it's like, whoa, dude, you don't got enough shit. Dude, you have, like, where's the rest of your stuff? Yeah, I'm like, your four-wheeler's so bare. Like, you don't have anything. Like, I got got an MRE in the back. I got a meat wagon (laughs) fucking full of gear. I'm like... Good luck, brother. Dude, like, so <laughs> you that, know? That's a very real thing. And some of them yeah. recognize that even though, and they're mm-hmm. like, dude, I just like, can't afford to do it, right? But some of it is that, like, they just think they need stuff that they don't need, too, right? Yeah. So you can, like, yeah. you're over, you're, you, you know, you're, like, kind of over-embellishing the the need for stuff and under-embellishing the need for other things. So you, you, you get into all these things, and, like, eventually it just ends up, scrambling the eggs and you're just like i'm just not gonna go hunt anymore mm. i mean i'll wait i'm gonna get out in a couple of years or yeah. my next duty station will be in a better place or even better yet like w- like i got a buddy right and he's gonna show me the ropes and mm-hmm. then like he gets deployed so the idea with afi is like anytime you pcs or do a permanent change of station in the military you're received by a group of people that are ready to show you how to get your job done and be an effective contributing member of the team that you're assigned to that's just okay. what happens. Um, mm. We're like, why can't we just, like, why can't we get a bunch of people that are BHA members that are familiar with military structure to recreate that in a, in like, uh. an out, like in a, in a hunting and fishing capacity? Gotcha. So, so that's really one of the biggest things is like, so when you come to Alaska and you're a BHA member and then you reaffiliate with the installation club at J-Bear. Now you are belong in a group of people that also like all the same stuff as you. And that have some experience and some of it, you know, there's a range of experience there, but there's some experience Mm. there, but, um, you're, you're 
Im- immediately like tuned into like, well, what conservation goals is Alaska up against? What public land advocacy uh, challenges is BHA facing in Alaska? Um, wh- how can I get out there and like enjoy the experience that Alaska has to offer for myself? Um, and, and not starting from zero. And not having yeah, have to figure it out on your own and yeah. realizing that like for as long as dudes have been killing animals and eating them, like they've been doing it together. Yeah. It, it, yeah. Hunting is a communal thing. There's nomadic peoples for sure, but yep. those nomadic peoples traveled in in groups, right? Humans are pack hunters. It's just like I like. Sorry, Remy Warren, the the like the solo hunter, like, yeah. and I love what he does. Like all that stuff is awesome. Um, but it kind of challenges really like what's at like most of our core, which is like getting outside with some, like some, some, some dudes that have some things that are in common with you. Camaraderie yeah. too. Sharing an experience. Yeah, right. Man. And that's the military is founded on that. That's what gets soldiers, sailors, airmen and Marine through combat, you know, is the mm-hmm. idea that like they have people that are like, that believe that what they're fighting for is just as valuable to them as it is to me. Yeah. Um, so, That's great. Yeah, man. Yeah, there's like totally. a whole bunch of opportunities for AFI stuff. It's all in its like fledgling infancy stages in Alaska. We have three clubs, one in Kodiak, um, mm. uh, ran by like good dude, um, Ryan, uh, guy by the name of Mark is running the insulation club, <laughs> Jay Bear and Cody up at Wainwright and kind of handling the whole interior section. So um the idea behind those clubs is they they would support the agenda of the state chapter but they would kind of operate uniquely on the installations um doing service projects like all the installations in alaska have public land hunting you can draw moose tag for jay bear i mean Mm -hmm. anybody can Mm -hmm. you know it's not just for military members so in my mind that's public access right if anybody can draw that tag put in for a black bear every year yeah black Mm -hmm. bear too um you know uh you know i uh, as a matter of fact i know a guy who drew the muzzleloader moose tag on jay bear this year you know a high success rate hunt so it's pretty good sweet is bha a non-profit yes Uh, are you guys on the pick click give and all that nope not not yet nope Nope, not 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 at this juncture. Mm-mm. Okay. Um, if someone wants to join, what's the best way for them to join? Go to the webpage or the Facebook page that's going to take you to the webpage or the Instagram account link to the Facebook page, but it's backcountryhunters.org. Okay. Um, annual memberships. I mean, they're very amenable. Like the, like the, the prices are, are pretty good and know that like all of those, those are donations basically. Um, yeah, I think I paid like 35 bucks 35 bucks annually there's a family membership oh, there's nothing. some lifetime yeah. memberships that are crazy good deals like a sky talus 6900 stone glacier backpack if you do a lifetime membership for like a G I mean and you're getting like you get the backpack with that you get the backpack with that yeah, so yeah, it's yeah. like the price yeah. of the lifetime uh, membership my my girlfriend got uh, she became a life member last year and got uh, Weatherby Weatherby shotgun tw- uh, 20 Whoa. gauge yep yeah, that's that's, a, that's quite a deal. That it makes it only good. like three hundred bucks. Yeah, yeah. So uh, military members, it's fifteen bucks annually. So if you're, nice. you're yeah. if you're active duty veteran or military dependent, it's fifteen bucks annually. So right on. Yeah. What about teachers? Um, I don't know. I've been like, pushing. I've been pushing like every time, like every single there. time. <laughs> they're like, "Are you military or whatever?" I'm like, "What about teachers?" Yeah. We and should every, be getting that too. Everybody gives you the same look. Yeah, they're like, "Well, we should," <laughs> but uh, no, no, that's a good point. We're working on it. Yeah, yeah. yeah we'll Let get me back get back to, you. to you on that. Yeah, full <laughs> price. Yep. <laughs> no, I, I met you guys at the 
uh, Great Alaska Sportsman Show this year. Great booth, great setup. You guys were like, man, I walked up and I'm like, what? Oh, I've heard of it. Boom. A client and sinker. Yeah, get a t-shirt. I'm like, fucking A. <laughs> get on the podcast. I think people like, I reached out to you guys. You haven't responded. I text Daniel when I walked out the door. I'm like, yo, these fucking guys are trying to get a hold of us. and like, get them on the fucking podcast. Let's go. Awesome. And here we are, man. Yeah. It's perfect. So what's the, when people sign up, is the money basically going towards just keeping the operation moving and... Yeah. <clears throat> so some of it goes uh, like there's like obviously with like any 501, it's like highly tracked, but there's like different like different pots of money. So some of that stuff is going to support the national headquarters and overall BHA agendas. And some of it is going to support like, local chapter initiatives. Mm. Um, local chapter stuff is obviously things that we're talking about today, like uh, Ambler, Anwar, mm. uh, West Houston Access, Tongass, Pebble, you know, all those things. Okay. Uh, mm. uh, BHA mo- like money is used for that stuff like that um but then you know the 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 overarching broad stroke picture of of bha is uh, also funded through like kickbacks through the state chapters so okay what's yeah, the so um, like the t-shirt sure. you bought helps us yeah pay for the booth that you saw us at, yep you know gotcha yeah. yeah yeah are you guys hitting up a lot of um shows every one you can amatsu sportsman's sheep stuff like yeah yeah, a lot of uh, we're I mean, we're trying to do all the ones we can. Uh, we have to look at like, does it align with the BHA's core values and the okay. goals and the things oh, like nice. that, right? You know, so you know s- some things do, um, but some things are like ve- like very uh, on brand, so to speak, with like the outdoor industry, but maybe don't necessarily align specifically with what we're doing. You're or, not whoring uh, out to everything, right? <laughs> <laughs> Good way to put it, Brandon. Trying to maintain <laughs> our, our virtue here, but you've got unfiltered boys, unfiltered. <laughs> Dave, Dave's been really working hard on getting um, stuff set up for the air show. Thanks, man. Oh, uh, nice. Oh, yeah. cool. So you guys, uh, any, like anybody that goes to the air show, which is expected to be huge Everyone. this year. What, like what's the date on that? June something, right? No, last week of July. July, yeah. yeah. Okay, air show. Yeah, yeah. Right. twenty nine or I think thirty and. Uh, how many days are there in July? It's the last two. Thirty-one. <laughs> last week of July. Thirtieth, thirty-first. Yeah, thirty and thirty-one. Okay. July. Yeah. Man, I need a hot dog stand out there, dude. Yeah. For sure. Um, we did it years ago. It was insane. Dude, my oh, buddy insane. told me they sold T-shirts like like different like in like NPO. They sold ten thousand dollars worth T-shirts. Oh yeah. Two days. In That's Russia. insane out there. Dude, ten thousand dollars in merch in two days is crazy. <laughs> yeah. That is crazy. Yeah, you have a lot of shit, dude. For shit. sure. Yeah. yeah. That is that is really. Good. What's the um? What's the biggest chapter? Montana. I don't know. Maybe so. The headquarters is in Missoula, yeah. so okay. I bet Montana's got a big, a big group. Um, I don't know. I would say Texas. Prob- could it, probably it's, be big. It, yeah, I was thinking it, Texas. It's no. it's really interesting because a lot of the you know a lot of the allure is mountain hunting, right? And you don't really mm. have a lot of that in the in the eastern states. But when so actually, um, just last week uh, was the annual. They call it the BHA Rendezvous in missoula and that's where all the chapters get okay, together i was just gonna ask about that yeah yeah yeah. that sounds like a good time it is yeah. and i'm and this is a, the first time in a few years that i haven't been able to make it but um when you interact with the the chapters from the eastern states it's kind of intimidating because they're like bros like everybody knows each other and okay. like they they like they are fired up and i think it goes back to what we were talking about earlier because they do have all these public land issues that they like actively just have to be on top of Mm. and they're they're all dealing with together 
Um, so I don't, it's a really good question. Yeah. I talk to the PA guys, you know, like frequently or PA members just cause you know, um, I was born and raised in Pennsylvania and grew up hunting and fishing in Pennsylvania and BHA's had some like pretty, or been a part of some pretty big wins out there. Like when I grew up, like you didn't even talk about hunting on Sundays cause it was like, there was That's a right. strict That's right. band on Sunday hunting. That's BHA crazy. was like one of the organizations that was really just beating the crap out of, um this agenda to get some some sunday hunting on the docket is that a religious now they i mean it started out that way i mean you look at like uh like like um you know demographics in pennsylvania there's a lot of uh like pennsylvania dutch and you know yeah quaker stuff yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. okay i I thought that that was what but i wasn't sure right so there's a yeah yeah sunday sunday hunting thing was like a huge thing um you could you know i thought it was weird because you could hunt uh, coyotes and crows on Sunday. What? Oh, I'm like, really? who's doing that? You know. Oh. So of course, as a kid, I'm like, dude, I need to get a crow gun. A <laughs> a crow gun? Dude, I'm out there just <laughs> wah, 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 wah. <laughs> shooting a 22 straight up in the air. Like, That's not good. Um, what do you, do you do? You harvest and eat crow? Yeah, if you can shoot one with a 22 flying at like 200 feet, dude, I think you should eat it. But I was never well, successful. Yeah, I, I just. <laughs> Is it good? I mean, I don't know, but it, I mean, there's a whole, there's a whole saying around it, and it's not a good saying. Like right yeah. about eating crow, crow. yeah, oh. it can't be good. No, no shit. Be. But like the thing would be that like you would get an owl decoy, and then you'd get somebody, oh, you didn't know that, yeah, yeah, holy shit, yeah, eating crow. Huh. Yeah. So you get like an owl decoy, and you get somebody like shimmy up to the top of a tree and put an owl decoy up there, and then like three dudes like you know like start wailing on crow calls, just wah 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 wah. And I mean, uh, apparently in nature, owls and crows like just fight like crazy. I think it's the UFC of nature. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> I like rarely worked, but like every once in a while, when we come in, I'm like, what are these idiots doing? They're like, oh man, they're shooting at me. I'm leaving. But I mean, that's what you could do on Sunday. So, yeah. Oh, so, yeah okay. so if you're like a high school age kid, which yeah. I was until I joined the military, or you're not religious, you could hunt on yeah. Saturday and they're like, that was it. Yeah. Or skip school, which we did like. Man, like so that limiting. was another like skipping school was a religion to go hunting yeah. specifically. <laughs> right. yeah. Spring turkey season, like dude, winter was too long. Fridays, for me to be I'm out of here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. Sure. Um, podcast and blast is that BHA's like yep. podcast that they host themselves? Oh, Do they what? go and interview other? chapter members or how's that pretty much uh chapter members like industry folks um conservation folks and it might even have been like i don't know if like necessarily political figures but people with political orientation yeah um gosh dang it what is his name who runs it um lantani no 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 or, oh, who runs the podcast who runs the podcast um sorry i should know this lantani is the ceo i could look it up like one of the hosts the host is i feel like it also starts with an l I'll look it up real quick. Larry? <laughs> and then it's a good like, guess. If you could like splice <laughs> it in there, like the, the Brad and I didn't completely splice it. <clears> yeah, 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 maybe. <laughs> Gosh dang it. Um, Hal Herring? Hal Herring. Hal. That was not an L. Uh, yeah. Hal. There we Hal. go. Um, yeah, Hal Herring. He's incredibly intelligent. This guy is so versed. Um, he actually interviewed Roman Dial recently. Um, oh, wow. Uh, regarding the sheep. Um, something uh, I forget what it was. Something about doll sheep up here. Um, yeah, it's and, like uh, unit twenty six. Yeah, so. yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly. Um, and so he he doesn't just interview BHA specific people. He okay. you know it, again going back to more of the science based things. Um, he just he just has some very very intelligent conversations. Yeah, 
definitely check that out. Yep. Yeah, totally. Um, the other thing I wanted to ask was, um, I guess my final question is, what are the top three goals for BHA in Alaska? Let's say within like the next few years. That's a good question. You know, I can tell you some of the goals for the AFI program, and I think some of those actually like uh, you know transfer over um, bigger user base. We like we haven't captured enough of the demographic of users in Alaska. Um, I don't think we've even captured their attention to tell you the truth. Um, so, um, you know, the three R's I think, you know, are a goal in Alaska recruitment, retention, and, um, retaining people, um, like are, are certainly like, that's a goal. That's, mm-hmm. it's going to be a revolving goal. Like as, as things happen, you're going to like really kind of put your foot on the gas pedal, uh, for, you know, different elements of those, uh, three R's. Um, and sometimes you're going to, you know, you're going to back off because something else is going to come up. That's like way more important. Like we need to like pull back from like doing like, you know, re- re- like recruiting for new advocates and just really kind of focus on like driving the hammer or the wedge in between, like putting in a road somewhere. Yeah. Um, so that's like a, you know, that's a, that's a big goal, um, to have a fully, and, and the next one is kind of like a twofold thing, but to have like a, like a, a really effective functioning collegiate program, which we didn't really talk about today, oh, like wow. essentially like the AFI program. Um, but like college kids are going through the same thing. You know what I mean? You're away from home, like mm. all the same stuff the military guys are going through, except for like, you don't have a paying job like you do in the military. So um collegiate um programs are are huge and you know we have two like like major universities here you know between uaf and uaa a bunch of kids that like either came to alaska and thought like this is how i can do what my parents wanted me to do but also do what i want to do too um which which is go hunting and fishing or stay in alaska um you know so like bolstering the afi program and the collegiate program um, and then I think just, um, just the general awareness that, uh, like BHA is out there, um, pushing issues and not only just pushing issues, but, uh, BHA is inviting people to the table or willing to come to yours. Um, like, mm. like we won't, like we want every, like everybody being the, you know, all the, all the, uh, you know, the entire development industry, you know, the conservation industry, the, you know, fisheries, ecology, uh, ecology industry, the like outdoor education industry, like all these different like subsets of like kind of what make up like everything that encompasses, uh, recreating outside to know that like, like we want to, we want to weigh in and we want to like, not just have a voice and weigh in, but like, we want to, we want to bring something to, like, we want to bring a, a group of people that are cash that are, that are passionate and care about, um, the future of public lands and show you what we think that looks like when it's, um, when it's wagered against whatever your initiative is. Um, and then if there's a way for us to help, like if there's like, if there's an, a project or an improvement or a bill that needs to looked at, or, um, you know, maybe we need to form a petition. I mean, uh, BHA is really good about passing the hat and getting some signatures on paper mm. and just letting people know, letting politicians know. And, um, you know, exactly what the, 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 um, the folks that, um, that are, they're aware of these situations, you know, kind of think and feel about certain things. So, 
Um, you know, that would be the third thing, you know, it's just letting everybody know that like, you know, like BHA's here, it's a fully functional operation in Alaska. It's a, it's a, it's a chapter that's doing well and wants to be involved in like everything that we possibly can be. If it's appropriate for us to be at the table, like we don't want that chair to be empty. Like we want somebody in it and somebody out there talking about public land advocacy, um, from a non-emotional science-based conservation direct position. Great. I love it. I love it. Well said. Yeah. Um, Well, we appreciate you guys coming in and chatting with us about all the info. And and if there's any listeners out there, you definitely got to go to backcountryhunters.org. Sign up. Let's get those numbers up. You said 600. Man, it should be like (laughs) 6,000. No kidding. We're going to boost that up. And then the next pint night, you can definitely count us alaska wild project to come in over there and help you guys out yeah let us know man whatever we can do to pump it up and 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 get the numbers out there because you guys i mean are standing for the same thing that that we are and and a lot of our listeners listeners are as well um so thank you for coming in uh dave and, and brad thank you for all that you guys are doing and uh any last comments or anything no man i appreciate everything you guys are doing i mean it's I love when people are putting their neck out there to make a difference. You know, there's like a lot of people want to talk about shit or, well, we should do this or we should do that. Or complain. Or, or talk shit or point fingers or, <laughs> or they want to, they want to voice their opinion on how things could be done. But then, then that's as far as they go. Yeah. But you guys are actually part of a solution a forward thinking, proactive approach better making something better for the future of an organization people um a culture right for mm-hmm. hunting angling public access it's funny i was wearing this t-shirt this weekend i washed it though by the way <laughs> but I, I like i oh, so that is me yeah <laughs> looks exactly. like you dried it <laughs> No, it's already tight. <laughs> I was like, oh, this must be for military boys. Like, yeah, yeah. Put this thing on about 10 years ago. It'll fit in a lot better. My wife's like, public landowner, huh? I was like, dude, these guys are badass. <laughs> so she's like, well, the T-shirt looks nice. And so I turn around and show her. But uh, no, man, I mean, you guys, you guys are making a difference for the culture of hunting, fishing, what we all – want to preserve and and have for generations moving forward and i thank you guys for what you're doing thank you for your service i appreciate yeah, it Thanks. yeah man Definitely. and and what you've done and and what you got what you want to do for the future servicemen yeah. and uh i think you know there's a lot of work to be done we're talking 600 members that's not a lot but right. it, it's it's a good start is that right? I mean, I, I think it's a good start, and there's there's a there's a lot of people. Give it more time that are gonna that are gonna buy into this. Yeah, if you were to go pull, um, like all I don't know, Alaska demographics like bounce up mm-hmm. and down. If you were to pull all of them, like it's more than like the ratio that we have to members that actually go out and like hunt and fish or just do anything on public land. Yeah, you know? it doesn't have to be hunting and fishing, right? Yep. I mean, that's the, that's the whole thing. Like, it's the, the culmination of all these people who enjoy public lands that have to come together as a group. Yep, which is everyone, which is all of them. Yeah. Yep. yep. Mountain bikers, hikers, hunters, fishermen, anybody that recreates and loves accessing public lands and enjoying the fruits of what it gives you, 
is what it's all about. Dude, let's face it. Like if it, if you didn't enjoy doing something on public land, you wouldn't live here. Like you would move because yeah. it would otherwise, like you wouldn't be like, Oh dude, this is awesome, man. I really enjoy like, like, um, seasonal affective disorder and like <laughs> long winters and yeah. Speak yeah. For you know, the darkness <laughs> is something that, you know, like, you know, I look forward to it. This is like not something people are saying, yeah. No, you know, it's like I live here because like the things that like I might not favor are the things that like pave way for the things that I absolutely probably couldn't live without, you yep. know, which yep. is being able to, you know, go do all the stuff that we like to do. So. Yep. Yep. And we're spoiled. Yeah. And if we want to stay spoiled, we need to just go ahead and take charge. And yeah, that's what we put start. on the next shirt. Stay spoiled. Yeah. Yeah. There that's a go. good one. Yeah. yeah. You know, when you think about like you were talking about what Delaware and Hawaii were the only ones that don't have it. And I started thinking about like, you know, Jersey and, um, long, um, New Hampshire, like these tiny little places. Like, there's, like, no public land yep. on those little tiny areas. I mean, there is. Sure. But I'm just saying, it's, like, <laughs> minimal. And then you look at Alaska, and it's, like, there's a lot on that yeah, plot of land. Yeah. So we are spoiled. Our public and, land And it really kind of, like, it kind of, <laughs> this kind of, like, woke me up. Like, sure. honestly, when I think about living here, growing up here, being raised here, you know, just driving up the highway 80 miles and popping off and... Yeah. An open wilderness, and and you just—I grew up with it. I take it for granted. I'm going to raise my hand and tell you right now. I take that for granted. Sure. I don't like think of it as could it get taken away? Could it be limited? It's just always been here. But there's not a lot of people in this country that get to enjoy what we get to enjoy. So I have a newfound appreciation. I mean that wholeheartedly. A newfound appreciation for the public lands that we have here. And I can tell you when I breathe the fresh air and put my hand in the stream or walk a trail or a game trail, which is the coolest trail, mm. I think I'm going to appreciate it a lot more because it's something not a lot of people get to enjoy the way we do. That's so, awesome. But thanks for what you guys are doing, man. Really yep. appreciate it. Yeah, awesome. absolutely. You guys are good dudes. Thank you, yep. guys. Stand thanks, for man. a good cause and, and um, BHA, baby. Yep. Yeah, BHA. Keep it, keep it going. BHA. Mm -hmm. Thank you for listening, Alaska. Stay wild. No more surface pooping. Remember <laughs> my speaking to you of what I call your overcautiousness. Are you not overcautious when you assume that you cannot do what the enemy is constantly doing? The Alaska Wild Project podcast is brought to you by the following sponsors. Barney Sports Chalet, supplying hunters with the best hand-selected gear since 1963. The exclusive home of Frontier Gear, built for the rugged Alaskan terrain. Your one-stop shop for all your outdoor needs. Visit Barney's today at 906 West Northern Lights. Arbor Digital, the forefront of digital assets, cryptocurrencies, and wealth management. Providing a low-cost, research-based investment strategy for Alaskans looking to invest their hard-earned money. Visit acminc.com today to put your money to work. Tailored Restoration 24-Hour Emergency Home Services. Helping Alaskans restore their dreams since 1972. Services include fire, water, mold, post-emergency cleaning, repair, and remodeling. Give them a call in Anchorage, Eagle River, Matsu, or Fairbanks. Hit them up at tailoredrestorationalaska.com. Total Truck and Alaska Overlander, Alaska's premier supplier for custom automotive accessories and overlanding products. 
providing all-inclusive rental vehicles and trailers custom outfitted to explore the Alaskan backcountry with a unique and convenient traveling experience. Serrano's Mexican Grill, two locations, one on Tudor, one on Northern Lights. The Northern Lights location has their new tequila bar. Check it out. Also see their daily specials at serranosmexicangrill.com. TheTreeHouseAK.com, located at 341 Boniface Parkway, Alaska's own and grown cannabis and CBD store. Ask the bud tender what the strain of the day is to get your 10% off. The Treehouse, where the culture lives. The Connoisseur Lounge, Alaska's premier locally owned and operated cannabis retailer, located in the heart of Palmer, Alaska. Their cultivated products include Snowcap Romance, Aurora Haze, Superglue, and much more. Find them at theconnoisseurlounge.net. AKO Farms, located in Sitka, Alaska. Built from the ground up with concentrates as their single motivation. With exclusive products such as their sugar wax, full spectrum diamond sauce cards, and more. Ask your local bud tender about AKO. Marijuana has intoxicating effects and may be habit-forming and addictive. Marijuana impairs concentration, coordination, and judgment. Do not operate a vehicle or machinery under the influence. There are health risks associated with consumption of marijuana. For the use of only by adults 21 and older. Keep out of the reach of children and marijuana should not be used by women who are pregnant or breastfeeding. The Bait Shack. Located on Ship Creek upstream of the bridge. Can't miss the bright red shack. They're the go-to fishing gear rental and guide service on Ship Creek. Tight lines and fish on. Come hook into the action with them. Hit them up at thebaitshackak.com. Anchortown Dogs, located on 4th Avenue across from the old 4th Avenue Theater. Look for the blue and gold umbrella. From reindeer dogs to bomb euros, they've got you covered. Anchortown Dogs, your local gourmet hot dog and sausage cart. Crude Magazine, Alaska-based media outlet using the last frontier as a springboard to discover larger truths about the cultures of our great state. Read more at crudemag.com. Lawn Pro AK, Alaska's year-round professional property maintenance team. Services include snow and ice management, weekly lawn care, and more. Get your free estimate today at lawnproak.com. Double Shovel Cider Company, located off of Arctic and 58th, handcrafted Alaskan-made colonial ciders. They also have a tap room downtown on the corner of 5th and E. Stop by today and taste an award-winning cider. Lady with a Plan, your own Alaska event planner. From scouting the perfect location to planning the tiniest details. Specializing in event management and production for intimate social gatherings. Find Lady with a Plan on Instagram. Should you not claim to be at least his equal in prowess and act upon the claim? I say try. If we never try, we shall never succeed. This proposition is a simple truth. And it's too important to be lost sight of for a moment. If we cannot beat the enemy where he now is, we never can. It is all easy if our troops march as well as the enemy. And it is unmanly to say they cannot do it.